0: rolling.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 116 of the Jiu Jitsu Dummies podcast. We're brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything that you need to build your business on or offline, website design, Google ads, graphic design, printing, we can absolutely help. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or our website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. And you can request a free review of your online presence today. My name is Milton Campus. I'm a Brown Belt training out of South Florida. We got Bo behind the camera. What's up? And joining us today is, am I saying litigation attorney? Is that Or just attorney? They both work. It, it works I the same? Like okay. A, yeah. Litigation attorney Paul Geller. You are also a black belt.
2: How many, what degree? Do you have uh, no, just a, I'm just a regular a black, black belt. Black belt. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: so, Paul, Gosh, just hang out with us that's for that's a second. For I'm
1: going to sure. do some shout outs and then we're going to dive right in. So, don't forget everyone to like, comment, share, and click that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate the support. So, thank you. Um, let's see here. Quick few, sh- uh, couple of shout outs. Uh, everybody knows Flow and Roll, right? At the, by this point, if you listen to the show, right? Hands down the best custom gi and nogi gear in the business. Don't believe us. Visit them on Instagram at flow underscore and underscore roll and check out all their custom designs. We have our Peace Love Jiu Jitsu rash guard that we did that's already like Which all sold beautiful. out. It's beautiful. That- I love like it. all gone, and I gave Gorgeous. away stuff. Every, it's like completely almost out of stock. There's Shit. like a few sizes left, so we've got to reorder already. You can find our podcastee on their site as well under their team section. So go ahead and check them out. Again, it's flow underscore n underscore roll on Instagram or their website flowenroll.com. You get 20% off with code JJD. This episode will air after, but the entire month of April, it was 30% off. Our code worked for 30% off on everything So, I had a bunch of team members that bought some stuff too. So, very cool. Nice. Uh, Thank you to the BJJ box. We're going to give you a shout out, a proper shout out, in the middle of the episode because we're going to do another unboxing today. All right. uh, Thank you to Neutral Zone Clean. All right. We've got some uh, Neutral Zone Clean products here sprays, wipes. And what else do we got there, Bo? Clean your and oh, and the clean soap. I like dirty the soap. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for cursing within the first uh-huh, 15 minutes. Rule number one, don't curse in the first 15 minutes. Check them out at Neutral Zone Clean on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Neutral Zone Clean's mission is to keep you clean on the mats, during training, in your personal life. So, again, we got soaps, wipes, sprays. We've got refills. There's a huge bucket that we've got around here somewhere. I think they're going to do the bucket special again, so we're going to probably announce it on the next episode. But, listen, this is all about, again, staying clean on and off the mats. I keep a canister in my car. So get yours at neutralzoneclean.com and use code JJD for 15% off.
0: All righty? All right. That was three minutes. That's three? There yeah.
1: we go. Yeah, under three. Yeah. Very cool. Very good. All right, let's dive in. Welcome. Let's do it. Thank you. Mr. Geller. here. Pleasure to uh, to have you on. Um, we were introduced, and it was like right as I guess every the jujitsu community was hearing about the uh, I, I was calling it the you know the Henner lawsuit, which obviously is it's not Henner, it is Jack Greener. It? Jack Greener. Greener. Uh, this is the young man who uh, broke his neck while rolling with his coach. Uh, his coach performed—I'm uh, not even exactly know what it's called—but right, like a rolling back take, and um, his neck went one way, the coach went another, and yeah. now this young man is, from <clears throat> what I understand as of today, is a paraplegic, and he's—I I don't know if he's able so, to move at all, but he's basically from the chest down, right? Chest so so down a couple limbs. couple of points of clarification. Sure, um,
2: he was a quadriplegic. Oh, right? quadriplegic he, oh, was. Um, which and means all four, all totally. Four. So he was okay. he was paralyzed from the neck down. Okay. Um, he. It's interesting, Milton, because there's been so much, uh, you know, immediate reaction in the jujitsu community. Yeah. And uh, much of it was wrong. Much of it was based on you know, information leaking out, but not everything. And you know, yeah. a lot of controversy about Henner, who served as an expert. We'll we'll unpack yeah. it. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. I think that a few weeks have passed now, and we we have a better understanding of of uh, how the injury happened, uh, the accident, um, and what, if any impact it has on academies. Uh, you know, so what's crazy to me is that
1: there was more backlash against Henner than, I guess about the case itself.
2: Well, so I think like the most important thing to me, I think that we all have to keep in mind, uh, this young man got severely injured doing something that we all love to do. Um, it's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and his instructor, uh, Sinistro, right, very well-respected black belt competitor. Sure. Um, but, and, and I don't think he did anything wrong or intentional or malicious. Uh, accidents happen. Jiu-jitsu's rough. But this guy got paralyzed. Now, uh, to clarify, he has since had a partial recovery. Okay. And some folks are saying, look, the guy's no longer paralyzed. Why do you get forty-six million dollars? Um, there's a documentary out there called Paralyzed to Peaks, and it's the Jack Greener story. Oh, really? Done before this lawsuit. Um, it's inspirational to me, right? This guy has fought to recover some movement and he's hiked some peaks. Now you watch him on video, he has no dorsiflexion in his foot, so he's dragging a foot, he falls he has not fully recovered. He still has what they call partial quadriplegia. Um, and as a lawyer, and, and I'm a plaintiff's lawyer, I'm not a personal injury lawyer, but I I, uh, I represent plaintiffs in, in large lawsuits. Uh, so I don't have any problem with the fact that this guy recovered a bunch of money, and I'll explain why. Um, I think it's it's a tragedy, right? We all can agree upon that. Yeah. And... Um, human nature is when, when something tragic happens you want to find a villain and you want to blame somebody and so what happened after this you know came out right there was a 46 million dollar jury verdict um people blamed essentially two different camps formed right people blaming sinistro how could a black belt do this uh to a white belt um and people were saying, well, is he really a white belt because he was a college wrestler or a high school wrestler and he uh, competed, I think, in pans as a white belt and he's been a white belt for two years. We know that there's a, you know, various types of white belts, but you're yeah. still, he's a white belt. No jujitsu instructor has awarded him a blue belt. Yeah. Um, so people were, were upset with Sinistro, and then you had lots of jujitsu folks saying, there's, you know, we roll and things happen, and, and, which is true. You had another group upset with Henner Gracie, so, if there's anybody out there that doesn't know this, Henner was the expert witness for the plaintiff. Um, his cousin, Clark Gracie, was the expert witness for the defense. <clears throat> now, from a litigation standpoint, whether we look for in an expert witness, there's two types of witnesses, right? There's experts that are consulting experts that are in our conference room in our law firm that would n- we'd never put them in front of a jury. They could be brilliant harvard scientists um that will help explain things to us as the lawyers but we're not going to put them in front of a jury a a, a testifying expert is what henner was now i don't care who you are you talk to henner gracie like this guy is right out of central casting as the greatest expert (laughs) witness he's he's a gracie clearly an expert in jujitsu incredibly articulate more articulate than i am he's eloquent he explains things thoroughly he's a great expert witness mm-hmm. the, the greener hired a really really well-known and and high-end plaintiff's law firm and they in turn hired i think the best expert they could have um, and so people were really pissed off that henner helped this victim um, by saying that the back take that Uh, The coach performed was unsafe. Um, Clark Gracie was the defense expert. And from what I've learned, I've read about this case, uh, Clark was asked, and I think we should go back to the back take and talk about Mm -hmm. it. But Clark was asked, do you teach that back take the way it was done um, by Sinistro? And his answer was no. So you have the defense expert saying, I don't teach it that way. Uh, because it's not the way it should be done. And, and At, after I heard, after I listened to,
1: I, I, today I went through and I listened to the entire um, Henner and uh, Tom DeBlas, uh Instagram live that they did together. And by the end of that, I'm like, wait a minute. Greener had two expert witnesses because much. it pretty much seems like Clark and even uh, Sinistro, they all agreed with just about every premise that the plaintiff put forth. It, it, absolutely. Like There were three people on the same page. Right. Or four people. The plaintiff, Henner, Clark, and Sinestro, and the defendant. And Sinestro, right. the defendant. So, because Sinestro admitted that
2: he's in charge of safety and he's got to take care for all of the students, especially the white belts. So you had sort of the perfect storm, everybody pointing. It's no surprise. And then people are offended at the amount. This guy was, he's in his early 20s. He was a quadriplegic. He's still you know, he's not recovered. I don't, you know, bowel, bladder, ability to walk, ability to, to make a living, maybe yeah. have children, you know. Yeah. So, um, but here's here's the point I wanted to make. I don't think Sinistro is the bad guy here. I don't think Henner's the bad guy or Clark. They told the truth. I really believe they told the truth. They told what they honestly felt. Um, but here's the bad guy. It's the insurance carrier. Um, I haven't heard anybody discuss this. And what happens is, there's insurance limits, right? If this is not a case where insurance should pay the claim, then what is? It's just it's nuts to me that they didn't pay because apparently there's a million dollar policy, and the insurance carrier refused coverage. Um, so what happens is a demand is made for for policy limits. Um, if the insurance carrier denies, and, and, and you know insurance companies, it. I've heard this story over and over and over again. They love to collect their premiums, right? You they pay, pay their premiums out, but but man, every opportunity they can deny claims, delay claims, confuse claims. They just don't pay the claims, and they didn't pay here. And so, here's a little jujitsu twist, right? So you you, you I know you're a, a brown belt, very close to a black belt. Um, there are certain moves in jujitsu, right? We talk about chess where. Let's say I have you in a in a baseball bat lapel grip. I may induce you to pass my guard. Right? Somebody who doesn't know. Oh, great! I'm passing his guard. But what <laughs> you're doing is you're falling into a trap. Yeah. So, if the insurance carrier had paid the claim, which they should have, um, that's really it, right? Because would it have been just the one million dollars? It, it would be the one million. He wasn't
1: looking. Right, Greener was not searching for more money at that point. Well,
2: here's the jujitsu or- angle. If they pay the $1 million, then basically it's over because then the only defendant left is a Jiu-Jitsu Academy owner who likely doesn't have much. Yeah. By the insurance carrier declining, that gives the ability of the of the lawsuit to go after a deeper pocket, the insurance carrier. It's we called ta- I, th- That was one of my main questions today. So that's like, what happens.
1: Is he going to see this money? Cause I saw a video of an attorney going, he's never going to see, see that money. I, I saw that too. I don't I'm know like, who that guy what, was. It was um,
2: actually like a cited in a, in a bloody elbow uh, article. So what typically happens is, uh, so now Sinistro, right? Or the Academy Del Mar they're covered. They've been paying premiums for an insurance company that's supposed to have their back and pay these claims and they don't do it. So now they get hit with a $46 million judgment. It's essentially the defendants here that have a claim. It's called a bad faith claim against their insurance carrier. But what happens is they assign, in some states, it's a formal assignment. In some states, it's tantamount to an assignment. They give that claim to the plaintiff to go collect from the insurance company. So there'll be some there may be an appeal by the, you know, there'll be some settlement discussions. I don't know that they'll get the full 46000000 million. They'll certainly get the policy, and I think they have an opportunity to ne- negotiate more. So, once the insurance company said, we are not going to pay your claim,
1: and said, we're willing to take this to court, that took any financial culpability from Sinistra. Am I using the right term? Like. Would he be responsible for anything once the insurance says we're not paying out? He, he now there he's never going to pay he that forty. Have, he doesn't have
2: that. But that makes it, it gives a claim against the insurance company because you could have. I've been paying you these premiums. You could have gotten us out of this within limits. You didn't. So now you've passed my guard, but I've got you in the baseball bat. They are responsible
1: Show. for that forty-six million. If it doesn't go any further and there's no appeal, correct. They would be responsible for that
2: forty-six million. Correct, because but it would be it would. There's a second piece to it. It would be a bad faith lawsuit against the insurance carrier. By, so that, Sinistro Sinistro. would assign those claims to, okay. the plaintiff. Okay. So I, I look. There's a chance. I don't know. That he's going to get forty-six. There's a chance he's going to collect some real money here. The insurance company could go back and say, "We're okay with the judgment, but not with the amount." Absolutely. Well, they could say, "Hey, can we?" We'll give you that million dollars now, and the plaintiff's <laughs> attorney is going to say, "No, too yeah. late." But can they go back and say,
1: "Yes, we under- We lost." But 46 oh, million is sure, a bit, they can appeal a bit too amount, much. Just the amount,
2: not the entire case. Of course. Okay. Um, but that amount, I mean, you know, it, it seems like a shocking number to, to people, but I think Miguel asked you yeah. this on a prior episode. Like, what's it worth? You, yeah, you're going to be a quadriplegic. Yeah. You know, I mean, 46 million? No.
1: Like, we, none of us would that's choose. Not, that's right? nothing in the overall scheme of things. Right. I think we'd all say, keep the 46,
2: give me my ability and the other thing, to like walk for, and, and. and 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But the Tom de Blas thing, um, he and others thought that Henner was responsible for the forty six. Henner just talked for the about, number for coming right, up with that number and he saying nothing, this is what's what that's worth. He had nothing, nothing to, to, do to do with, with that, that. Right, that has to do with uh, actuaries and compensation experts and longevity experts and medical experts. Past pain and suffering, future pain and suffering, past
0: medicals, mm-hmm. future medicals. So let let's just stop. We're going to come right back to the Henner. What's one, up? One sec. Can you move your mic down a little bit and to your left a little? Yeah, because you more, wind up talking more. to me right here. Yeah, I'm sorry. perfect. Yeah. No, no, that's cool. It happens all the time. Yeah, because I was covering most of your face, and I was like, <laughs> I want to come back. Okay.
1: We're going to come right back to there talking about Henner and his involvement. Okay. but right. I think it would be interesting if. Go. Yeah, we never cut. Don't cut anything out. Oh, okay. <laughs> why, why? No not. big deal. Straighten out mics. Um, <laughs> let so that people understand who you are and what you've been involved with, yeah. and what you know. Uh, that you have a valid opinion. Who's this attorney talking to? This guy, I mean, I saw another attorney today and it seems like you are he's not correct, right? So I don't know who he is. So, Let's talk about your background and wh- what you've done and let everybody know I'll, who I'll you, you are. to give us some background. Yeah. My law
2: background and a little bit of my yeah, sure. Jitsu background. So um, I run a firm called Robbins Geller. It's the largest plaintiff's class action and mass action law firm in the country. Um, we have the record... Results in virtually every genre of mass case there is from the largest secu- you know, Enron. If you remember that, that's sure. our case. Um, I'm involved now in the opioids litigation. We've recovered over 50 billion with a B. Um, and that case is still going. Uh, but we've settled against uh, the large, uh, of course, Purdue was the main maker of Oxy, okay. um, a, a horribly greedy company that knew that their drug was uh, addictive and yet they. Uh, pretended it wasn't. They told doctors it wasn't. They told patients it wasn't. Other manufacturers wanted in on the uh, obscene amount of money that they were making. The distributors, which are Amerisource Bergen, McKesson, and Cardinal Health, the three biggest distributors, made a ton of money. did even some of the the the, uh, the
1: pharmacies, like CVS? Was Far- Newmark, CVS, or?
2: Walgreens, Walmart. Yeah. We settled with all of them for billions and billions of dollars because they dispensed these um, knowing that it just it didn't make sense. There's red flags. Yeah. There's obligations that they were required to... To, to, to stop this and they didn't so um that's what i'm currently on uh but i mean i recovered recently 650 million dollars from facebook over a biometric identifier we've done some big 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 things EpiPen, wow. the life save my son has a nut allergy he's grown up now but um we all we need these EpiPens because they're lifesavers and uh the manufacturers knew how re- how how necessary they were. So they did all sorts of anti competitive behavior to jack the prices up six hundred percent. We we uh we go after large companies that screw people, uh investors, consumers, uh in uh in 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 a similar way. And um yeah, you know, we've done we've done pretty well and I feel like we're doing good. Like we're yeah. we're on the side of David versus Goliath. Okay. Um and it sort of goes hand in hand with jujitsu. So from a jiu jitsu standpoint been doing martial arts my whole life as a kid. Uh, I did taekwondo as a little kid, and then who, who hasn't? Has right? It, right? <laughs> um, in college, uh, I did a Vietnamese style called Kung Nu. I'm still very, very close friends with one of the founders of the style's son. Okay, um, and then in law school, I there was a guy named Francis Fong who is a uh a, a Wing Chun Kung Fu. I mean, Francis Fong is like the
0: real deal. I trained with him. And See then, the guy on online, he has a channel. Uh, he may at this and point, I don't know. He's an older guy, right? Uh, he's yeah. Like maybe late I don't think, late Paul, you're not, you're not like you're real heavy I, on the uh, I'm online, so on social media. Because right? right? <laughs> there's a guy that I watch, I follow the Wing Chun uh, Instagram page. I
2: mean, my jujitsu
0: friend. his name is Fong. His last name is Fong. I think it's Francis There's Fong.
2: like an Augustus Fong and there's a Francis Fong. Francis mm-hmm. Fong is like sick, um, in a good way. But my jiu-jitsu friends, like, Rodrigo, <laughs> I have a wooden dummy in my, I have a gym at home. Do you know what the wooden dummy is? Yeah, yeah, right, they And uh, Yeah, so my Rodrigo Mendez, who gave me my jiu black belt, um, he comes over and he just laughs at the wooden dummy. Yeah, there's this, uh, the Wing Chun Where, where uh, jiu is very bougie yeah, when it comes it, to the, yeah. the who's the best. And... Um, it, anyway, but th- then when I, I started doing a Japanese style jujitsu called Miyamaru jiu-jitsu, which was sort of Aikido-based. Um, but man, once I got to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like it was yeah, that's it. It's I over. think it's it's over. Um, so my first instructor was a guy named Marcel Ferreira. He had just come over with Liborio um, and Conan uh, to start the American Top Team, um, and of course Dan Lambert you know, was behind it. Uh, but Marcel still one of my closest friends. I love the guy. He gave me my blue belt. He gave Bo Nickel his blue belt. So he's oh, he's Bo's Jiu Jitsu yeah. coach. Everybody knows who Bo Nichols yeah, is now. Yeah, now they do it. Um But he went up to Happy Valley at, at Penn State to start American Top Team there with Bo. Um, Marcel ended up moving before, he, now he's in Pennsylvania, but he moved back to Brazil. Um, but at the time, this American Top Team, like it had these, I mean, Hermes Franca and Edson Genese and Dustin Dennis, who's still a close friend and a huge a part of my jujitsu jitsu journey, uh, Pahumpina. Pina, I don't know if you know him, but- Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's, pahumpa um, I just know that phonetically per phenomenal, (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) jujitsu, like a head jujitsu coach. Yeah. I mean, he's in every, he's in in every, every, he's in the corner Um, of, uh, I've trained with him a lot. And, uh, Marcus Aurelio. Quick question
1: for you. Just going back to Dan. Um, I know who Dan Lambert is. My niece and nephew, or I, I think it's my niece and nephew are friends with his kids. They live in Parkland. Did does he did he train? Does he train? He he was very yeah. good black. Belt. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, you know you just never saw him and I never saw him in a gi or you know I, I thought he was just always the money man. No, he, he's
2: the he's the, he money, the man, money man. But he's <laughs> legit. He's legit. Like yeah. and they you know the funny thing is like I think people sometimes assume like lambert or maybe even me right because i'm a fairly successful lawyer and i've taken a ton of privates and i you know do they give these belts these guys do not give belts like dan lambert um is is a legit black belt like period um you you need to be legit to hang 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 in anywhere in the top team yeah yeah i mean like dustin dennis who i have trained with a ton he he submitted marcelo garcia at brown belt in in brazil um marcus aurelio who i trained with a lot when he was here he put Gomi to sleep in pride and like these are these guys are like legit yeah
3: um
2: then i ended up moving to a guy named rodrigo mendes who was also at one point american top team um he got his black belt from dedeco uh he has an academy in, in del rey he's one of my closest friends he's he's uh i guess who i i would say is my my instructor although i have a lot of okay. instructors um you know i would take a bullet for rodrigo he would take a bullet for me I got my black belt from him. We still train. Who's giving you that first stripe? Um, Who's the guy that's giving you the stripe? Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's your, the, Although, I mean, that's your, like, your it's inter- I don't want to get into this because it was <laughs> kind of weird, but, like, I I, uh, I won my division, this is a long time ago, and uh, I beat JJF Miami Open at Blue Belt, and one of those guys who I just mentioned, not Rodrigo, gave me my purple belt, but he wasn't my guy, like, it wasn't, okay. It was, it was earned. I earned, I mean, I, yeah, I was a purple belt. Was like, it, was, was it, a it drama it. around that? There was a little drama day? around that. Yeah. yeah. It was I,
1: kind of- I, I know somebody, um, I'll just, uh, I want to be careful. I don't want to say his name. He's been on the show and he wasn't his gym, his professor, his instructor. He has like your professor and then your an instructor. I get, I, I'm like, I've got a bunch of instructors, but like my professor, right. you know, my professor is the guy that's giving me my, my belts. Um, he wasn't due for his black belt. It was close. And then he had like a coach that he's had, like, that he just practiced with over the years, like kind of on the side. Um, and that, that person was one of my coaches back in the day. And he came in to, uh, to, was invited, invited himself or asked if he can come to the promotion. And he winds up giving this guy his black belt when his instructor wasn't, he's like, what, are what are you giving my, like he considered himself his instructor, and like and i that person I know that person, and he was just like, kind of screwed up my you know, you want that to be that special moment yeah, and it's... and that's I don't care anybody could say whatever they want about it's not about the belts, I get that, but a black belt signifies for most of us nine, ten years, maybe nine to twelve somewhere in that range of work of three to six days a week open Absolutely. mats you know it's, for a lot of people competitions getting mm-hmm. hurt blown out knees you said you had your hips and shoulders it's emotional it's a, it's a special moment and for anybody to take that moment away i know that i want that moment with my coach well i'll tell you, you what, know what i mean so
2: i had um you know it's not that unusual but i had lots of injuries and i was a brown belt for a long time because i couldn't train my hip was so bad for i had acl surgery i have a se- i still have a separated shoulder uh, bad separated shoulder they got i had somebody in a triangle and i got mm. slammed illegally and my shoulder popped um but my hip was the worst injury and i literally couldn't lift my leg i couldn't put somebody in a guard um and so i i, I thought shit i maybe uh, retire as a brown maybe belt it. um and uh i ended up having a total hip replacement and then you know we talked earlier about my wife. My wife is like, "You're done with jujitsu, right?" And I said, nah. um, "Because when you it's have never a, done, when you have an artificial hip, uh, it's easier to dislocate than a than a real hip. And if you dislocate an artificial hip, it's like a bad situation. Really? Um, so you have to be careful." Uh, but I I was determined to to keep going. And so when I got that black belt, and, and Rodrigo Mendez gave me the black belt, Marcel Bo's coach flew in from. Uh, Pennsylvania uh, to be there. Pahumpa uh, was in Italy at the time. He did a video that they put up on the screen. Um, Sam McCoy, who's a Marcel black belt. who I know Sam. You know He's, Sam? Yeah, he coached at my school for a little while. Okay, so Sam yeah. came to the academy. Chris Martin's one of my dear friends who is a Pablo Popovich black belt came. Like A lot of my jiu-jitsu folks were there. And then Rodrigo, he takes out a new black belt and he you know, calls me up and everything. And then he says, but I can't give you this black belt. And he took... The old ratty black belt from around his waist, yeah. and dude, I cried like a baby. <laughs> See, that a, Man, it's a moment. It's a moment. It's a it moment. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it really is. So. so anyway, so I I feel like I've got uh oh, I've got some jujitsu and I've got a, a a good legal background. So it yeah. really does combine for me. I feel like I have some. But the other thing I want to say, I I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out Tenth Planet. Here I am, a gee traditionalist, old school pressure passing. Um, you know, no inversion, fuck that. Um, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, I, uh, He sounds
1: like me, right? I'm like, I don't do that. Man.
2: Not my body type. But uh, but a guy opens up a 10th planet literally five minutes from me. You, you know, said Pompano before and I'm like, that's like right up the road for, like straight so, shot down so, sample for me. Uh, shout out to Matt Walsh, 10th uh, planet Pompano. Um, it's a cool, I mean, man, what Eddie Bravo did, like, it, it's, It's really a different, it's eye-opening. I'm pretty, uh, you know, I can hold my own and and give guys a tough role because I know jujitsu, but some of their uh, ways of looking at it and some of their, uh, I mean, they don't have, they they, they don't use geese, right? So there's no lapel, there's no sleeves. They're just these crazy, you know, it's an underhook game and it's a bottom game, really. I'm kind of... Are are you technically a white belt there now? Oh, I don't... you know, would you... If you
1: stayed there and you were training there would there be a situation where you like they hand a blue belt or I don't know.
2: I it's a that's good a question. Like rog- a, I think Rogan a, did that, right? It's a Rogan, fair question, right? He's got rog- the black belt on the Machado and, and then, then he, got the he went to the black belt from Eddie. Um, um, I'm not I, I don't know the answer. I don't think I'm a white belt. I certainly am not a black belt. Yeah. It, um not in 10th. Temp- uh, it's mean, like, that's like words, almost like a whole other discipline. It's, it's a whole right? other, but, but like if you went in there like I'm going to give everybody a hard roll, you know. Yeah. Um but uh, but there's a lot to learn. But so like I was in Vegas when you and I first spoke. There's a tenth planet guy out there named Bendy and his wife Katie. He's the knee bar. If you Google Bendy yeah. knee bar, so I went and man, I had a great session with him knee bars, which was not a part of my game. Now yeah. I can't wait to start knee barring people. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was in Barcelona just last week, and I went to Tenth Planet Barcelona. So the Tenth Planet system, it's it's you know a lot of the old school jujitsu guys don't like it, um, Matt. The, the the guy who runs the Pompano was in a competition a no gi competition he was wearing a Tenth Planet rash guard and they made him take it off like it was it was really weird really um and he had to borrow somebody else's rash guard uh I think there's an there's there's a animosity towards this Tenth Planet system I
1: think it's phenomenal I mean I've always I've always asked myself self would you would you do <laughs> would you do what Rogan did like do and I, yeah I've actually, going back to, I was going to, I wanted to stop you when you were talking about Kung Fu before. Um, I've had John Way on a few times. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know John Wei. Um, and, you know, in watching Kung Fu, watching, you know, like his videos and seeing him do stuff and, and other people, I'm like, I feel like it's good for hand fighting. Hand fighting, exactly. And yeah. stand up. And if you were on the ground, right, you know, just being able, just being super conscious of, the way you can move somebody and move, and you know, the leverage that, that, you know, how you can no control question. somebody, right? So I've always been like, I want to do, I've told them a million times I'm going to come down and I've never gone. But I'm like, I, I really actually believe that Kung Fu is a great addition to Jiu Jitsu. So a, a compliment to I, I, it, but I've never done it, so I don't know. I totally agree with that.
0: Thank you to Feito IT and AV, specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, CCTV, POS, and more. Check them out at FeitoITAV.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jujitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ Box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box and give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Neutral Zone is Combat Family owned, so they know you need to keep yourself and your equipment clean. They created Neutral Zone Clean wipes and sprays for just that purpose. Neutral Zone products are formulated to reduce the risk of bacterial and fungal infections. Whatever's making you sweat, weight training, rolling on the mats, yard work, or just working around the house, Neutral Zone Clean wipes and sprays can make you feel and smell refreshed. Use code JJD to get 15% off your online order at NeutralZoneClean.com. While you're there, sign up for their newsletter to receive the latest info and updates on product launches like their new shower gel and soap bar coming soon. Are you neutral zone clean? Special thank you to the crew over at Flow & Roll for all their support. Flow & Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow & Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a jujitsu dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD.
2: What I love is that, like, I've always been open. I mentioned all these different jujitsu instructors. I've never had a problem. I've never had anybody say to me, other than the belt situation, I never had anybody say to me, don't train with him or don't take a private with him. Um, And I love, I think, just learning martial arts. And I think when you get to be pretty good, it's easier to learn. Like, uh, you pick up things easier. You understand the way your body moves. Um, The hand fighting, like, even at Tenth Planet, one of the things they do, because if, if you're familiar with EBI, um, they have the overtime rules where where um, you basically get, have somebody on your back and then you they, switch. Can they, can, choose, can they choose the position or is it yeah, over the back? They can choose their bar Almost everybody. It yeah. seems like the back is kind of... But there's a lot of hand fighting even there. And Wing Chun, I, John's style is Choi Foot, which is a little bit... Uh, I mean, I think they're all they all have benefits. But the Wing Chun... Even though people make fun of it, they have this thing called sticky hands and push hands and um I think the hand fighting, you know, definitely yeah. helps. I, I did Japanese um Miyamaru Jujitsu and so like Matt when I roll with him I'm I'm trying to catch uh wrist locks and he goes that yeah, that freaking Japanese <laughs> jujitsu stuff. Um so I think you know you can you can sort of take Okay. Some benefits from all of it, but you so should come by. Uh, I, buy, yeah, listen, yeah, man. Like we'll, I said, we'll you, when that. you said Pompano, I'm like,
1: well, like technically, if you wrote Pompano on my mail. I still get it in Coral Springs, so it's like part. You know, it's right there. Yeah. Um. So, so you're qual. So, thank you for the the the. You know, we wanted to talk about your background because we wanted to let people know you are qualified to be talking about this. This is within the yeah the, the, the scope of 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 what you do for a living. So let's go back to Henner. I think that a lot of people started to hate on Henner not only they it was like it was two pronged. It's like, okay, you're shitting on jujitsu and you got paid to do it. Do you want to talk about yeah. like that, you know, expert witnesses and how they get paid? So, and-
2: yeah, let's talk about both of those things. Yeah. They're important. So expert witnesses get paid, right? I mean, in every case. You can't pay an expert witness contingent upon the outcome of the case. Mm-hmm. That would be considered unethical, improper under yeah. under bar rules. In other words, if you were my expert, Milton, and I pay you only if we win, that would influence your testimony. <clears throat> Instead, I got to pay you whether we win or lose. I'm paying you for your time and your expertise. <clears throat> now, Hender charged a lot. So, you know. He, I, he, he did say that he charged for his time over the course of a one year period. But I think he was charging, like I, I heard, $3,000 an hour, which Ooh. is a hell of a lot more than he charges for a private, I guarantee you, right? <laughs> <I'm sorry>. so, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how he... But but I'd hate to see his numbers on his privates, <laughs> man. But somebody's paying that, and so um, I don't know that you can fault a guy. like he is a good. He was a good expert, and it worked out for the plaintiff, right? It yeah. was worth it. Um, and I think he's given the money to charity, probably as a result of the pressure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so you know, we pay expert witnesses all the time. Defense does too. Clark got paid by the defendants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just part of you know. You need expert testimony to in, to, to instruct. The jury or the judge on the subject
1: matter. So let me ask you did you see, so the, the I watched two videos one where Henner explains this, the situation and he's using a training partner to show some of the, the rolling uh, and then I also watched the Tom DeBlas Henner. Did you see both of those? Both. Okay so, so very specifically I think anybody who will just sit down and forget about just like outside looking in, listen to those things, listen to one or both of those and go, "Oh, I didn't know all of that. I didn't understand that all right number one, it doesn't mean that it's gonna change jiu Jitsu nationwide. gyms aren't in trouble. This was a very unique this was i I believe watching it this was truly an accident, correct. did the coach intent like did he intentionally do something? Um, did he go out of his way to hurt this kid? No, I think he just <coughs> got you know, got caught up in the role and and went to do this you know do this back take, and the kid went one way he went another. I don't think that th- there was you know so going back you know Henner is not taking like uh, trying to crucify the entire jiu-jitsu community in this one instance. This was an accident. He you know his testimony kind of goes just about frame by frame, like, you know, with what happened. It's valid. If you watch it, I even watched, uh, in Henner's video, he has like the 20-minute explainer that he did, I think, just specifically for Instagram. They, uh, they like, add color to the, to the kid's arm, arm right. and the head. When you see it like that, because it's, when you see the video, it's like Black, black rash guard against Black rash guard. but when you see the arm, like, they make it green, yeah. and then you find out that the arm <clears throat> is trapped, and then it's like, an, for me, it was an aha, an aha moment. It was, Oh, that's... Okay, so he's this arm is trapped. He can't do, like, base and maybe do the forward roll and give himself some space. He wound up, actually, well, I guess this way, right? He winds right. up with his head this way while the
2: coach is going to roll on that side. So, look, I think... Um, Henner's testimony... I think Henner was uh, was criticized because of the things he said about the way a jujitsu academy should run, which we'll get okay. to. I think what he said about this roll... I think he was right. So I agree with Feel spot on. Um that back take uh first of all in a roll th- this wasn't he wasn't teaching the move. He was they were rolling yeah. and 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 when you're rolling even against a white belt or an experienced white belt they're resisting and when we learn moves like right, in our course of jiu-jitsu you learn and you drill the perfect armbar, the perfect triangle, the perfect kimura, whatever it is where you're your opponent is, or is your training partner and you're sort of learning it when you're in a live role it's not uncommon to improvise and i think that's one of the beautiful things about jujitsu. is you you know we all talk about having our own jujitsu, right and uh you don't do things exactly according to the script mm-hmm. because you're look at you you're a big guy if you and i are rolling and i'm trying to to to, to do something um i may not do it the exact way i did it in class because you're strong and you're moving and, 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 but I still may be able to catch it. Maybe not, you know. Um, so it wasn't necessarily the perfectly executed, even as a great black belt, it was a sloppy back take. Let's face it. It was, um, even the way Leo teaches it, Vieira, you would never trap the arm. Um, but the Leo teaches it with double underhooks. I learned it from Pahumpina, by the way, with uh, a seatbelt, traditional seatbelt, because so if like I, over, I've, 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 I've done it. That's in an the way over, you do it because un, when we end up, I've got his back. If he looks up for a second, my arms right there to to sink the choke, as opposed to Leo, yeah. you've got his arms are on top of my arms, and then we're yeah. into the the hand fighting that you talked about. Um, the way Sinistro did it, I think it was it was. Uh, more dangerous than it needed to be. It's just a dangerous back take anyway. And yeah. I think we all realize that now because of what happened. Yeah. Think about all the different ways to take somebody's back from Turtle or to submit them from Turtle. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a back take. There's a lot of things you can do. I wish he didn't do this. He wishes he didn't do it. But I I think we shouldn't focus too much on this one particular move because that's not going to impact academies, right? Uh, what the the impact of this lawsuit the only impact I hope ha- happens is that insurance companies pay the fucking claim that they're collecting premiums for. Um, I wonder who's getting
1: fired over there. Well, I yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, somebody's getting in trouble over there. But, like, but really? you never know. Like, mm-hmm. I
2: haven't seen the policy. Um, believe it or not, there are exclusions on policies. Like at, at Jiu Jitsu Academy, a guy may go and he wants to get an insurance policy, but he doesn't know much about insurance and he gets a gym policy and it excludes you know physical altercations well yeah. the entire jujitsu is a physical altercation yeah. or it excludes uh, some of them exclude um sexual abuse or molestation or harassment claims like you should never exclude that because you don't know who's gonna be a, a an instructor for you and what they're gonna say to yeah. so like there's i don't know what the policy said but um i do know he had insurance and you sure would think that this is the type of thing that insurance should pay. And 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 Greener should get something. The damn kid walked into a jiu-jitsu academy and couldn't walk out, wow. you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's waivers, too. We didn't talk about that. There was yeah. a waiver, and it was declared inadmissible by the judge. Why? That was the word you were looking for in, in inadmissible. your last. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but the judge said that this waiver was so poorly drafted and so erroneous that it's not worth the paper. It's printed on. Which raises now waivers matter, and I would say to any academy owner, don't print a waiver off of the internet. It's worth the time and effort to talk to a lawyer. Not me. This is not an advertisement. I won't do this. I don't do this. But contact a lawyer, uh, maybe an insurance lawyer or maybe a personal injury lawyer, and get a well-crafted uh, waiver that that talks about all of these various risks, including. Um, Paralysis, including death. I mean, yeah. shit can happen, and
1: and these and, days again, sexual harassment, sexual these, molestation. Right? I mean, it's well, you can't Unfortunately,
2: waive. it's been part of our world. Go ahead. So, I think the, the sexual harassment and the molestation. You want an insurance coverage? I don't think you want to for do that. You. Okay. You're not going to waive that. No, 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 no. I, I wasn't saying waive
1: that. I was <laughs> right. saying right. We, we. we, we thanks, thanks, Bob. Well, I'm sorry. I was probably think while you were yeah. talking. I was thinking of what I was going to
2: say. Yeah, but so. but but those things are important. Having the right policy and having the right waiver. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, if you have a good waiver, uh, it doesn't even get to, I mean, it gets thrown out, right? And, I mean... But h- how
1: come they, were they were they able to say there's a waiver and it's inadmissible and the jury hears that? The jury doesn't even... Doesn't even know when they don't even hear waiver. a waiver. Hmm. Uh, uh, interesting point, and again, you probably heard this in, in one of the videos, there was a brown belt on the jury and I'm sure again that probably helped somebody to be able to say, okay, yeah, this is making sense. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people looking at this going, if you don't know jujitsu or you're not a martial arts fan, I mean, well, if you don't train jujitsu, this probably even if you are a fight fan, is not going to make sense to you. What do you mean the arm? What difference does that make? What you know? Uh, and and having maybe never having seen this move, they'd be lost. And this might have gone another way. I, I I'm guessing. No, you're right. I'm guessing so, that he was an educator to the other the jurors.
2: I. I 100% agree yeah. with you. The 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 lawyers for both the plaintiff and the defendant have an opportunity to strike jurors. There's a whole process called voir dire where where mm-hmm. you select a jury. I watched my cousin <laughs> Okay, so you've seen it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two Utes. Um great movie. Um so they you know, clearly neither side struck this brown belt and so both of them thought this might be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. Now I think Henner and and I don't know Clark Gracie. I hear he runs a really good academy, and he's he's a good jujitsu guy, <laughs> famous for his omoplata. plata. Um, and so I'm not trying to knock on him, but Henner was a better expert. I mean, I, the only time I've heard yeah. Clark
1: Gracie's name mentioned in this was because Henner and Tom mentioned talked it. about it. Yeah, yeah and I, because I had he had no clue that he would to teach
2: today. the 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 role that way. And of course, that doesn't mean it was. I mean. You wouldn't teach it that way. It happened during a, a live roll, but with the arm trapped, <clears throat> just to go back to that that roll, um, because I don't know if we went over this. It is a it, it's a it's a forward roll where it's basically like a tandem roll. That, that your opponent has to roll with you, yeah. and so a lot of the technique, whether it's a seatbelt or double unders, double lapels, you're using your shoulder, your head to force your opponent's neck into position to safely roll. Yeah. He didn't do that. No. Um so I think the, the the brown belt uh most brown belts are at least aware of that back take. Um not everybody uses it, uh but I think when you hear Henner talk about it versus Clark you, or you hear Clark say I wouldn't teach it that way and you hear Henner say it's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, a brown belt might be able to, you know, back in that jury room, they're talking and I'm sure they're all looking to the brown belt to get further explanation and to understand things um they're required to just uh base things on on the evidence and on whatever common sense they bring to that jury room and that would be his common sense his his knowledge of jiu-jitsu is his, for sure right he can bring that knowledge and, and i think it's i think it's um it's almost uh unrealistic to think that a white belt can go into a jiu-jitsu academy become a quadriplegic and a jury's not going to award something.
1: Yeah. This is, you know, I go back to, and you said you've listened to the show. We're, we're talking about it a lot lately. People are talking about it online. It's like the whole winning practice. You know, it's like, uh, I have, you know, always have white belts coming in, right? You know, always have white belts starting. Uh, my school went through this run of just very large white belts, <laughs> large men, my size and heavier coming in. And my my coach would always be like, Milton, look what we got you on Amazon Prime today. Like, perfect yeah. match for you, right? And now I'm rolling with these very large men who are super spazzy. And I am not afraid to tell them, listen, you got to come down. You have to calm down. You're going to hurt one of us. And I'm worried about you hurting me because I have to go to work in the morning. I am I love this, but we're, you know, the whole don't try to win practice. This isn't ADCC, right? These aren't the finals. Yeah. I am one of the first ones to say to a big guy like that in my gym. I'm one of the first people that'll say it. If you're rolling with me, I'm going to tell you like, yo, listen, you have to calm down. And it may take a couple of really nasty neon bellies or, you know, just a little pressure here and there. Just to like, look, I could do this too. Do you want to learn jujitsu or do you want to be, like, ah, you know? Right.
2: And I mean, those tend to be the guys that either hurt you or themselves. Well, so. I think that raises another point. Um, you know, this was a black belt, uh, against a white belt. Um <clears throat> much safer to roll for you and I for anybody to roll with a black belt or a brown belt than to roll with the spazzy white belt <laughs> or the blue belt who feels like he has something to prove by tapping out the brown belt. <clears throat> That's where uh things get dangerous. Um but you know, another sort of lesson I would say for academy owners, you have to be willing to throw people out of your gym. You know, I don't know if you've ever had to do that or if your coaches ever had to do that, but um, there are just assholes that come in and they want to prove something or they want to hurt somebody. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of gym owners are struggling, especially post-COVID. You're, you're you're trying to make a very difficult business work. There's lots of competition. There's lots of jujitsu academies, yeah. so you don't want to turn down students. But um, I don't look. I grew up in 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 rough jujitsu right these guys that i mentioned before they're carlson gracie guys like this was not patty cake jujitsu this was tough and i love that right that's what i i mean we enjoy that competition and that you know sometimes the pain but there's a difference between rolling hard and trying to hurt each other and if you have somebody who's 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 trying to hurt people Throw them the fuck out of the gym. Like, it's just not worth it. I always say that I think those people wind up weeding themselves out, whether it's
1: the coach having to throw them out or them not feeling welcome or enjoying being there. Yeah, I mean, they wind up, I feel like, you know, in a good jujitsu gym, they're going to wind up not being there eventually.
2: The other thing, and I I apologize if I'm sort of jumping around, but it just occurred to me, too, um, because I was talking to some of the – I know a bunch of people who own academies, as as you do, too – you Know it's a sort of a Brazilian cultural thing. I think they give these nicknames and like Sinistro, right? It means sinister, <laughs> you know, like that's a shitty <laughs> nickname to that. have for a guy who's getting sued for hurting somebody, <laughs> yeah, right? You know, uh, um, and I think really it, back in you know, in it, it, it he was a good jujitsu guy as like a young, as a teenager up and comer, and he was like sinister because he was sneaky and he would get things. So, I don't think it was meant as it sounds in english yeah. but i don't know if the jury was told by the way we call this guy sinister yeah you know that's so in academies it's very common to call somebody a psycho or bath salts or you know crazy <laughs> loco um I think it's a bad idea right because bath salts? that's a new one because if let's say somebody gets hurt right rolling against psycho or bath salts um It it almost feels as if you knew that this person was dangerous. So there's an old, if you Google this, Geller, lawyer, and pit bulls. uh, A few years ago, I was in Delray Beach driving with my son, and uh, I saw a a pregnant woman walking a little schnauzer, and all of a sudden, these two pit bulls jumped on her and and her dog. And I probably shouldn't have done this because I had an eight-year-old kid at the time in my car, but I, I couldn't. Watch that without doing something, um, I got out of the car. I kicked the dogs. I helped her. You know, people called nine one one. It was a whole big thing. And those dogs were put down because they were dangerous dogs. They were known to be dangerous dogs. There had been incidents in Delray before. They sued Del. You know, the the, the woman survived. Um, she sued Delray. But the whole thing was that these dogs were were dangerous, and nobody cared. Nobody did anything. They were allowed to stay where they were. Um, if you have a dangerous guy in your gym and you give him a nickname that makes him sound yeah. dangerous, then you're asking for trouble if you get sued. So another lesson, have a waiver, have check your insurance policy and don't give shitty <laughs>
1: nicknames. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, and, and going back to the move itself, I just been thinking about this cause we've been doing, uh,
2: my gym, we've been doing a whole
1: series, including a rolling back take but it's just it's off to the side side. it's almost like a barrel roll maybe some guys will go over the shoulder but it doesn't you know the 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 neck isn't going to be injured if you you know you're doing it as instructed um i mean i've seen videos though of guys like in that position and they're doing a full head like a stand yeah you know the guy's in turtle and then the guy is like completely you know
2: well uh, for a while in that in this one i think he was kind of Perpendicular.
1: Well, I mean I mean like literally like sin. I think like the B team has a couple of videos out right now where there's like a guy like literally holding that position, but he's in like a handstand kind of position, you know. And he's just hanging out there for a minute, you know. But uh I remember, it's funny. I learned that move, I think. I learned it from from YouTube. I brought it to my school. I did. I was a white belt and at Blue Belt training other white belts, and, and I would always watch it. I, got, I was addicted right away, and I'd go home, and I'd watch videos all night. I, I didn't watch TV. I watched YouTube. And I did that move. I never hurt anybody. I, I, I did that move without being instructed and never understanding, oh, look, if your shoulder's here, you're pushing his head, you're helping, you know. I just saw somebody do it, and I'm just like, but, "Let me do this." But, like, I would roll like really. I'd grab and roll really hard. Don't you think you, you get did it, it
2: because it was a flashy, kind of cool looking? Oh, move? absolutely! Like you didn't it was do like it because you know, thought it was the most efficient way to take the back. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was because
1: like this is yeah. sneaky. Yeah, this is a sneaky way of doing it. I remember I, I did it at the gym. I don't think I've ever done it at my school that I've been at for seven years I've never just never done it like you know you did kind of that roll to the side or more of like almost like a barrel roll but well, slightly over the shoulder but
2: not not. so like the, the opposite I, I as a blue belt with this guy Marcel Ferreira who's post coach I had somebody uh, they they were internal I kind of you know I don't remember if I had a seat belt or, or just you know it was kind of a bear hug and I pulled him straight I didn't know what the hell I was doing I pulled him straight backwards and his knee his kind of knee got caught under him and uh He got hurt. He was fine. I mean, he wasn't really hurt. But I was, it was one of the first times, one of the only times I was told, like, don't do that. Yeah. Um, It was the opposite of going forward. I was pulling him backwards, but I didn't realize it was. My my
1: coach will will joke around, it's almost like it's it's serious, but he says it in a a joking way that, you know, there are certain things that you're saving for aisle nine of Publix. You know, you're out and something happens, and all of a sudden you're in a fight in the middle of a supermarket. And he'll joke about, like, the little old lady, like, you know. Let's go like of that. my eggs. Yeah, right? Like, that's the last yard <laughs> peanut butter. Um, but, you know, he'll he'll show a move and he'll be like, and then, you know, he's like, and then for Publix, you know, and then he'll show the striking, right, right, like, kind of right. joking. Look, you're here and then you can get to your strikes or you could do something nasty. But we don't drill that. He's just letting you know, okay, look, you're here. Because I, I think it almost answers that question of sometimes people are like, oh, jiu-jitsu, or, you know. So it doesn't really work. Okay, look, I'm going to hold you here. And then you're forgetting that I am just because I train jiu-jitsu doesn't mean that I can't also strike. Yeah. So he'll show that little, but he'll make that joke about like Publix or Aisle Nine or Walmart or whatever. But there's just certain things that I don't think that we should be doing. Um, you know, I, I, I said that, you know, I called myself a hobbyist. And when we spoke, you're like, you're not really a hobbyist. I'm, so from that, I, I, I'm somebody who I do not make my living from jiu-jitsu. So I kind of I feel like I fall into that category. Yes, we do the podcast. I train as often as I can, but I'm not making my money from training jujitsu or or doing jujitsu. I want my goal for me is to do this for the rest of my life, to really actually be able to be on that mat till you know 70s, maybe 80s. I don't know, you know, or at least be involved in that community. I want to do this as long as I can. So I am thinking about getting hurt and and injuries that can affect me long-term, I might just be like, yeah, that's it. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I just can't go back. Uh, so, For me, when I'm thinking about those moves, I'm like, I, I say this a lot to people. When you get a guy that's like really spazzy or somebody that's talking about, like that wouldn't work on the street. I was like, when was the last time you got into a fight? And most people will be like, well, oh, I've never really gotten into right. a street fight or they'll be like, oh, it's been years. And anybody that does jiu-jitsu it's almost like, definitely not since I started training jiu-jitsu because right. I know most of us are like, Oh, there are people out there that know this and that are better than me that I don't know walking around out there that don't have cauliflower ear, that don't stand out in a crowd, lawyers, doctors, accountants, secretaries, you know, men, women. Oh, you have that moment and you go, yeah, I better be careful of who I get into a scrap with because I just don't know what they know. So these days, I mean, for me, I, I want to be in this for a really long time. I don't want to get hurt. And I'm not training for the UFC right I'm not training to get into a fight I'm not a cop I'm not out arresting people and you know learning handcuffing I'm there for me I'm there for my physical fitness my you know kind of mental stability I like to say right you know this death you know cleanses the the mind and the soul I'm there for a whole different set of reasons and I found something that I love and I know I've blown out my knee I've sprained my MCL here ACL MCL sprains I've been there, and it sucks yeah. waiting. I was lucky with that. This one got blown out the day before I went to quarantine for COVID, like the official quarantine in in March, right before it like That's everything was crazy. Yeah. If there was a time to blow out your knee, that was it. And and my school was still open and training, so I was you know, right. They put like freaking tarp on. <laughs> it yeah. was like blacked out the windows, but you know, no, not officially. Um You're get But I would I would have trained. I would have trained during that entire time, <laughs> but I didn't. And I know that feeling. They won't get in trouble. DeSantis is the governor. We're okay. <laughs> I know ne- I know that feeling of being off the mat and being so unhappy about being off the mat that I do when I train, I'm safe. You Dude, know, like that- I I could be. You can. Those two things can exist. You can fight hard. You can train a lot, and you can make sure that you're training in a safe way. I'm not going to do something stupid. I'm not going to you know do something stupid to somebody else where I'm going to hurt somebody. Anytime that I've gotten hurt or somebody else's, I've hurt somebody, it's been like, how did how did you get hurt with when we were doing that thing? Yeah. Like, that's not like, you know, I've done a pass and a guy's knee popped and it was just like... Well, no, how it did it that, happens. You know, yeah. It
2: happens sometimes and it's unpredictable. I, I recently had like a, uh, I was rolling and my knee, like an hour after I roll, it just blew up. I'll show you a picture afterwards. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It looks so freaky. I, I went to an emergency room. It was bursitis. I never knew what the hell this was yeah, I get that
3: my right knee was here. so
2: blown up um and i don't really know exactly i think somehow i just my knee hit the mat and it was just weird but but it's funny because as we get injured which is inevitable it's always like shit when can i get back to train like that's how i define my injuries how long I, am i going to be out i my
1: i'm i don't have any diagnosed mental disability or or diseases
0: yeah but we know you're not <laughs>
1: I just know how different I am when I'm training and when I can't train. I understand a runner's high. I love to lift weights. Right now, I'm just like, I want to be on the mat. Like right now, yeah. I, I'm a lot going on in my life. Work is busy. And I've chosen to just go to jujitsu a lot. Yeah. Because I can go to the gym and train, but it's very solitary. So I'm training. It's just me. Going and hanging around my guys and my people that are my friends and people that I go to their house to watch fights or go to a party or they come to my like those beers kind of Kamali people go get, go get beers and go watch fights. I need that right now, so like I really like my mental. I'm in a better mental state and place because I, I'm training jujitsu. When I'm not, I I feel the difference in myself, and it's I like to lift weights, but it's not a replacement for me. It right. doesn't give me that same. That the, the cleansing of the soul that I get from just, you know, being wiped out trying to, you know, fight for my life or, yeah. or try to kill somebody, basically. Because no, that's like, what we're doing, like, right? But short of, hey, tap, stop, right? You know, we're we're literally in, like, a fight for our life.
2: And, and there's something beautiful about that, and I know, cleansing for me. Totally agree. I, yeah. I feel the same way. The reason I said, by the way, and, um, I don't think you're a hobbyist. Like, the passion that you have about, I guess there's there's a continuum of, like, from a hobbyist to just is a, is a white or a blue that goes once a week. Okay. Um, yeah. and then of course there's like the competitors, right? The, uh, you know, Gordon Ryan or whatever. Um, I don't think you have to be either a competitor or a hobby. Like you're, you're so much more than the typical hobbyist. I kind of feel like I am too. Like we love it. We've been doing it for a really long time. We got to a, yeah. a, a certain level. Um, and then you are doing a lot for the Jitsu community. I think this podcast it's a really interesting podcast about the sport that you love um thank you, thank you. so yeah i shit you're you're to me you're more than a hobbyist right,
3: let's
1: do this unboxing
2: yep. um normally
1: uh, might have waited to like i'll cut it in later and you know say goodbye but since tony from bjj box is one of the reasons why we uh we met and he mentioned you and then we started
2: talking Let's let's I, do it together. I hope it's not inappropriate for this. <laughs> I think he's a he's a good guy, and this is a cool company. Yeah, great. Um, he's a great I man? love getting my box. Yep. I, mean, I really do. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when we say box yeah, a I lot. <laughs> that was for you, Leslie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love getting box too. <laughs> Listen, is that is that on high? No. It's not. No. It's on low. Because I can hear it. You can hear, hear it in the mic, yeah. right. So
1: this is a. This shirt is the uh, is All right. Rare Breed. Let me go like Oh, this that's street. a cool shirt. I was looking this at it before. This is Rare Breed. That. You
0: saw
1: this one? Yep. Tony called me up. We talk every couple of weeks. And he goes, hey, I just want to let you know something about the shirt that I sent you. And he's like, we had a misspelling. It says Rare Bread.
0: <laughs> so he's actually said he's going to, I think he's going to
1: redo the shirt or get another shirt out to everybody who Sweet. got this box, who got the shirt. But Sweet. I thought it was funny. I think, I think it's, it's great. Good. I like it. I that one too and I like I it. I actually told him, I said, I, I opened it. He sends us to, you know. He sends us. He always sends us to. So I always grab one, and I'm going to usually wear it if I'm going to unbox it right out. Hey, I got this other. I go. You know what? If you wouldn't have said anything, I don't know that I would have known I wouldn't have even noticed. I, I, don't, I don't know that I would have been would like, have hey, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I had a shirt.
0: It's a collectible now.
1: I, I I've it's owned T-shirt sites, and we had the word between misspelled. The 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 W and the T were were swapped. Right, you got to think about it, right? right? Between, right? As The W was first, right? So it should be uh, B-E-T, right?
0: butene Nobody caught it. Yeah.
1: Nobody ever caught it. I don't remember how we... I think I just was looking at it one day, and I'm like, what is it? Sold that shirt a lot. Nobody said a word. So I told them that story. I'm like, I don't think I would have even realized it. Or... People would have been like, why does it say rare bread? Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Know. This is interesting. This so, is a little brain teaser science, here. I don't think scientific, anybody scientific would have
0: noticed. Scientific truth. If the first and last letters are correct, everything else in the middle could it's be like, scrambled. You'll read it right.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, so I got the shirt on, so we'll leave so, it there, right? So, dude, rare bread. So, rare <laughs> bread. <laughs> so, let's look at, uh, so we got, uh, let's see, damage control, uh, flavored c-
2: cleaning spray. Right, I sprayed there. that on my, uh, I wear like a. Night guard, because I grind my teeth. I sprayed yeah. that on it this morning. Oh, is it? Is oh. it? It's for spraying mouth guards, oh, okay. uh, night guards. All right, very cool. Yes, yeah, so I, I brush it every.
1: I take it. I brush it and then I before I put it in for, for every train. So I do. You wear?
2: Do you wear mouth guard all the time? I don't wear it during jiu-jitsu, I should. But oh, I don't. oh, but for I have to striking. Wear it, I have to wear it at night. Yeah, because I grind my teeth because I'm fucking stressed. Oh, oh night guard. Okay. <laughs> I'm.
1: Yeah, no. I I ever. My first gym, I, I wore it anyway for just jujitsu. But my first gym was we did uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday was uh, gi jiu-jitsu. Tuesday, Thursday was no gi with striking class before. So we did like a muay thai class, kickboxing class, and then we did an MMA class. So then we were able we did our stand up but with takedowns and you can go into jujitsu and fight on the ground and you know with with the grappling goes. So I I just always had a mouth guard yeah. and I use uh, I use one now. A lot of people ask me about it. Um, I use a shock doctor mm-hmm. called the trash talker because it's very thin. So like I don't have to take it out to, it's a thinner than a regular, right. like a boxing or an MMA uh, mouth guard. It's thin enough that I don't have to take it out. I can talk in it a little slurring, but like the bigger ones you got to like take out to right. be able to talk. You can leave it. It's called the trash talker for a reason. It's thin enough. It's, it's got like some gel in, in the, like uh, on the, in the back. It's a really good one. I recommend it to everybody. As in fact, a bunch of guys at my gym have started to, you know, again, white belts, yeah. elbows, knees, yeah. you know, you get hit, right? I don't want to chip my teeth. Uh, so, okay. So, we got a defense soap, peppermint. All right. We got, let's see here. Mike's Recovery
2: Relief. Have you used this yet? I haven't. Have I box. haven't used it, but it's yeah. like uh, for a bath. It's Mineral it's great. soap, yeah. right?
1: Support the body. Breathe deeply. Oh, it's probably like got a good uh, yeah. like smell once it hits the water, right? Oh. The Mike's Recovery. Rough. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects man over there. Uh, Zoya, White Peach. I think we've had one of these before. This is really good. And then this this was I I was I'm like, what the hell is this? Punch Gunk. Tough stuff for the rough stuff. Pain relief. What that's what a name. <laughs> Very Punch Gunk. Cool. Yeah. We nice. okay. So we always get and, and you get a T-shirt right. So you get all this stuff here that you see on the right, and you get the T-shirt. So. Thank you for uh, to, to the BJJ box, Tony, at the BJJ box for hooking us up, for introducing yeah, us. Thanks, Tony. Awesome dude. Thank you very much, Tony. So, uh, so let's dive back in. I'm going to put this stuff back in the box. So, so where were we? We were talking about what was uh we kind of we digressed a little bit, but we wound up talking a little bit about Henner and oh, the amount that he got right. Yeah. So,
2: so go ahead. I, you know, I think I think Henner um, he was a very good expert witness for the plaintiff. He did what he was asked to do he charged uh and and i think it's great that he gave that money to charity um but as a as somebody who has
1: to pay expert witnesses that amount was a could, little bit I high mean,
2: it, it was high but good expert witnesses yeah. charge a lot of money right <laughs> okay, yeah. and uh and i i think he was unfairly criticized because this is not going to change jujitsu yeah this is not going to make jujitsu again um well he took a lot After, of criticism yeah. so i'm not sure um but, you know, dude, that dude, I mean, and I think, you know, to a certain extent, he was selling, you know, Grace University a little bit. He peppered some yeah, of his testimony. But that's him, right? so That's what he's saying, yeah. You got, you You should have, I mean, for those of us who know,
1: you're going to get that. You're going to get that. That's I'm, what he does. I'm surprised. I don't know if he was like, if he also took off, of his sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. Did, yeah. he, did he take off his sweatshirt and do
2: the quick flip yeah, on he, the stand, right? He was on <laughs> Shark Tank. But, I mean. Um, um, big fan. I love him. He's he's an awesome dude. But I think, you know. He, He's done. He's a good
1: spokesperson for jujitsu.
2: Yeah. Much more good than than bad. And
1: I mean, I love what he's doing. For we talk about it a lot for the law enforcement community. Absolutely. I mean, that's just amazing what what he's doing. Um, he get for that. He gets a little bit of hate because people, uh, even some of my past guests, they talk about. Well, you know what? You've never been a cop. You've never been in that situation. But they are helping train police officers who are then. Bringing their knowledge to the table, but then also teaching it. Right? They're not going around teaching every department. Right. Correct. They're certifying officers in a lot of these places, in in their jujitsu. What? Uh, I don't know if it, what does it, does it have a, a name. The uh,
2: the LEO stuff
1: or the yeah the tact something tactics. I forget. I forget. Um, but just bringing jujitsu to the masses like he's been, I think is incredible. I think we all know. We see the videos. Oh, right. Again, you might not you're not you're not on the line a lot. I, I, I'm sure you catch the videos once in a while. Somebody's gotta send you a link and an email. I, I a get a lot
2: of videos sent yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you
1: see this stuff and you're like, Oh my like, how could you not be holding this guy down? Yeah. Or why are you doing that thing right in that position and getting rolled over and yeah. or getting a gun taken away from you or just a guy being able to get away and run. And yeah. it's just like these most the most ridiculous situations. And we know that the answer is jujitsu. It's just like if you knew a little bit of jiu you'd be able to hold them down a little bit longer, wait for a partner, or what should your partner do? I did, a, uh, um, I did a seminar a couple of weeks ago, first time I've ever done a law enforcement seminar. did a seminar a couple of weeks ago with BJJ Cops and Freddie Trillo down here uh, in Miami, and it was very eye-opening. I've been in all of those positions that they taught, but never with the completion and showing the, the handcuffing. Right. So it was just like, it's that short of a jump. But even like somebody's laying on the ground, getting this other arm. Okay, you have this one. And how do you get? How do you get this arm back there? You know, there's an art to it. And there's right. an art in the way they grab the fingers. And it's just like, oh, I've, I've been in all these positions. I've never had to put. I've I have i have never done a submission where I had to get both of their arms behind the back like yeah. that. Right. If I get one right, it's a kimura. Right. Right. It's right. Basically, right. we're ending at the kimura. They're showing how to okay continue the kimura. Get that arm locked behind. Mount them from the back. Right. We don't do that. Right. We would have just ended at the kimura and that's it. So I, I I thought it was an amazing seminar. It was very eye opening for me. I would do it again. Highly recommend it to anybody who does jujitsu, uh, especially now these days. We see like cops in trouble, and then like average citizen going to help, Go out. help I'd be like, out. I feel like Hell I can actually yeah. help out, and I and I know something now. Did a little your bit dad more
2: than, have any um, martial arts training? Zero. Oh, nothing.
1: Zero, and and there was zero continuing physical education. There was zero. There was no continuing education of any kind other than qualifying with your weapon once a year. Hmm. There was no physical education. Um, I, I should say, let me, I, I, I want to say that there was no, like, in-class de-escalation, you know, seminars. Excuse me. Nothing like that. There, there's nothing. I mean, I you know. I, I, I remember when my dad was changed. like, I have to go to yeah. this thing today. Like, he's never. Uh, NY, he was en- New York City Transit Police before they merged with the NYPD. He retired before it be- just became one big department. But there was nothing there was never anything which is which is incredibly sad I mean it's not like that anymore Uh, well I shouldn't say I don't know what it's like in New York City right now but for most apartments it's just not like that anymore like there is the ability to go train a lot of times again like our last guest said um, sometimes it's a choice there are gyms and there's jujitsu available and you can go into a gym in the morning
2: train and then you know do your tour for the day but it's not required which is the problem in in with what's going on, sort of culturally today, and mm-hmm. um, the importance of de-escalation of of, of conflict, um, you know, you had that woman cop that was trying to grab a taser, but she grabbed her gun. gun. She grabbed like, her gun, yeah. Man, I, there's so many situations where um, I think if if uh, if they knew jujitsu um, and you could control somebody, it's yeah, because there's huge a confidence difference.
1: that you bring to the table. I know I've in my personal life I call it the quiet confidence. That I can walk into any room and feel comfortable that I'm probably going to be able to handle myself if shit went down right. or if somebody started with me or somebody slaps my wife on the ass. I feel very, very comfortable wherever I go. Um, I think in that situation, when you're not, when you just go through the academy and then you, you know, years go by and you're not getting some type of continuing ed. You don't have that confidence. Yes, you might have the confidence of having that gun or the taser or both. But the like the heart rate going up just right. from being like, oh, my God, what's about to happen versus, oh, I've been here a million times. I've been in this situation. I know how to pull somebody out of a car. I know how to handcuff them. If he strikes me, I know what to do. If you're never put in that position, it's just like when guys, always, you know, guys say, I know how to fight. When was the last time you had a fight? Oh, you know, when I was 12. Well, where do you train? Oh, I don't train. Right. Sorry, Bo. This is, uh, you know, Bo, Bo's like, no, no, I got hands. But he trained when he was a kid, right? If you're not doing it all the time, I just try to say, you, you forgot that. This isn't right, like riding a bike. Fighting is not like riding a bike. You have to be practicing it to be able to do it. And a yeah, you can can anybody, you know, people hair, can punch right? and, yeah. you, can. <laughs> you know, yes, right? You could do certain things, but if you're not I training it all, all the all time, especially in, in when, when you're a police officer, if you're not training it, these things are forgotten and you feel uncomfortable and then accidents happen. And, and you know,
2: a lot of the guys, not not police officers, but just the troublemakers on the street that are such big talkers and such tough guys. Um, know nothing. They, they know nothing. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and I, I don't know where it comes from that they have that sort of pseudo confidence or whatever. But the, the scary thing, and I try and tell my kid, you know, I have two boys um, who are in their early 20s and like they're athletic kids, they know a little jits and you know um, but there are some people on the street it doesn't matter if they don't know how to fight they haven't like I I don't want this to sound awful but like they have nothing to lift like you know, you got to be very careful who you're dealing with like I think even you, you just said you feel confident and and I do too, but man, we got to avoid like you don't want to get to a fight on the street. I tell my
1: wife I say, you know my jiu-jitsu, Cannot stop a bullet. Right. So you know we talk about like if something's going on over there, I'm over there. And on top of it, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like these days weird to say it. I do carry. It's Florida. I don't like that I have to carry. I feel like I have to carry. I live Coral <laughs> Springs, one one town away. You know, we we're, yeah. we're right next to Parkland. Um, my my niece and nephew I mentioned before they live in Parkland. Um, they went to private school, but they would have gone to that. My my niece. Uh, my my nephew would have been had graduated already. My niece would have been at that school that day. I don't know where she would have been, obviously. But um, I wound after Parkland. I wound up doing the class so that you can get your your concealed carry. And then I didn't do it for a really long time, or maybe yeah. I think I think I I didn't do it right away. And then like other shootings were happening. I was just like, I guess I have to. This is the son of a cop. Never touched the gun. My father never taught me how to shoot. New York, you don't carry. Right. You know, we weren't like going hunting. We weren't hunters. You know, um, just never really touched the gun. My my first coach, really down here. I think it's the first time I ever fired a gun. My first jujitsu coach. He was a law enforcement officer. Worked for Homeland. He was a NYPD and then went to uh, Homeland Security. And he brought his AR. He brought his guns, revolvers, shotguns, and I shot all that. Was the first time. And that was in. I started jujitsu right before my forty first birthday. So I was already in my early forties when I shot my first gun. And I didn't, and, you know, now I own two weapons and I do carry. I'm out. If I'm, if I'm out and about, I'm carrying. Yeah. Only because for no, for no other reason than it's the Wild I believe this is the Wild West down here and anybody could be carrying and you just don't know these days. So, and again, jujitsu, you know, can't stop a, a knife and can't stop a do bullet. You do
2: you do know. any striking uh, training?
1: I have. I stopped really once I went to this school. Um, I have been hitting, you know, like, Self-taught hitting a punching bag, either hanging in the yard or I used to actually, uh, as a single guy, in my living room, I'd always have the Everlast stand. So yeah. it was part of my workout. Uh, just completely self-taught watching stuff. Uh, when that, oh, Just like boxing, maybe a little bit of kicking. But when I started to watch UFC, my, my friends down here, I moved down here 25 years ago now. My roommates were like, you don't know what the UFC is? He's like, They're like, come watch this. Check this out. You're a boxing fan? Watch this. Like sold from like that yeah. was that was the uh, the beginning of really starting to understand how to put it all together or watching people put it together, and then still went years maybe like another ten years before I actually went into a gym and trained. And I actually trained. My first place was over there by American Top Team when they were on. Um, what is that? Holmberg turned Holmberg into what? Johnson. To Johnson, right up the road on on Hillsboro, there was like a uh, like a boxing. I call it CrossFit for boxing. It wasn't heavy weights, but you did, like, lots of classes, jump rope. Like, you could just do, yeah. like, the boxing motions. But then I did the Muay Thai class there, and I saw they were doing jujitsu on the side. I never took a jiu-jitsu class there. Family friend opened the jiu-jitsu gym, and that was my first coach, and then I went with him. And then, yes, I did stand-up there. Actual stand-up was somebody was hitting back, not just hitting a bag. So from 16 to my 40s, I always had a bag somewhere, and I was always hitting it, just doing it on my own la fitness i used the bags there just stuff like that it wasn't until my
2: 40s till somebody was actually punching yeah. me back in the face yeah so and i and i loved it it's it's love it's I all part of it. it i think you know i i think it's important to do a little bit of both i, I mentioned to you i train yeah. stand up a bit with henry Hooft, who i think is the best stand-up coach i've ever seen he's the nicest guy in the world great yeah. great great dude great wife great gym the culture in his gym you know, it's, uh, he's got, I mean, he's got Gilbert, he's got uh, Chandler, like a lot of really good fighters and they just, it just seems like such a, a great place to train. Yeah. Um, But man, he could just make little, adjust- he holds up heads and like, you know, he, just he'll look at your shoulder, he'll look at the way you're holding your wrist and uh, make little adjustments and I feel, I feel he's really improved. Are you team.
1: doing stand-up on, on regularly? Uh, or? With Henry, yeah. yeah.
2: That's yeah. Cool. yeah. I don't get in as much as I want, but yeah. fairly regularly. Are you sparring as well? Do you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta, I think you have to. You'll know, be like, wait, I got to go to court tomorrow. Can yeah, you spar you know, right? well, <laughs> so it's funny because I've, I've had, a, a, you know, if you spar, even jujitsu, you get a black eye every now and then. You know, yeah. a little, take an elbow It doesn't take much, right? The skins yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know. This is the immature part of me. Like I love getting a black eye and going to court and having the judge say, "Mr. Geller." You know, it's like, yeah, that's right. I call it a badger
1: honor. Yeah, I say a badge oh, of yeah. honor. I was like, I, I if sometimes uh, I'll see somebody with a black eye, I'll be like, oh, congratulations! I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you get to tell all the girls tomorrow or, That you uh, do know, you have I cauliflower ear you know? at all? I don't have cauliflower. No, not at so all. So I, I, I do I, every bit. once in a while. I get a little pain, like on the very inside, but I don't have it. I had it real. I mean, I, you could see me. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Bit. That but the inside is I get that inside right here. I no had it really wrong. bad,
2: and I got it fixed by a uh, a plastic surgeon. Oh yeah, and he fixed it too well. Like, cause I used to like it when people used to say <laughs> to me, like, you could uh, see, tra- see it, you um, could see it. Let me see your other ear, cause
1: I, I I noticed when I was talking to you this this one. This one's worse. Yeah, that one you could see something's going on on the inside there. This one looks this one, that, that, in that in one looks back, okay. A thicker, if I didn't know if I didn't know you, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. you know if I didn't know you trained. Yeah, but, I.
2: I know, like guys want it, and like I don't. I got I don't, my I just, wife a shirt that says "I heart cauliflower ear." When I had yeah. it bad, she's yeah. like, "I will never wear this." Yeah. So what people
1: yeah. will ask me; they'll find out you tra- that that you train, and they've had, like, "Why don't you have cauliflower?" ear? And I said, "I've talked to other people, and they've said maybe your ears just aren't that sensitive." I say, "I've always been one of the bigger guys. I haven't trained an American Top Team. I know that there's levels to this game. I'm in." You know, again, this I go back to the hobbyist. I'm in a hobbyist gym, right? right? You know, it's these are not guys that are trying to be professional. We're not, you know, haven't done stand up in seven years. Um, It's very rare, and it my coach can kick the shit out of me. Black belts kick the shit out of me on the regular. I get it. I'm, you know, I'm beating the shit out of the white to blue, and then purple, and there, you know, black belts are, are are taking it to me. I just haven't been, I, I think like I'm usually a bigger guy, even with those people where there's, it's not often that I'm in really, really bad positions where like my ears are getting right, grinded. Right, I right. just, I, that's all I can say. I'm, you know, again, they can beat me, but I'm not
2: getting, you're not, getting, with, you're you're not get, stuck in a triangle. Yeah, yeah, to do I'm that. Not,
1: yeah. yeah. Just, I just haven't been there. There's not yeah. a lot of rubbing going on and I got some big ears too. I got some yeah. <laughs> freaking, they used to call me Dumbo. When my when my daughter was born I bought my wife my excuse me my girlfriend at the time my girlfriend I bought her a dumbo cuz everybody people called me dumbo but then I started to embrace See, I thought, it I, thought, I could I thought, move my ears too so I used to get away with that cuz people would be like oh you made fun thought, of your ears
0: uh, I thought those were headphones
1: yeah right headphones. <laughs> That's but people stuff. have asked me like you tre- you trade what where how the cauliflower. I'm like, well, you know, you see the cauliflower I think even more off when people are also doing stand up and they're getting right. hit in the ears, you know, and maybe with the not only the boxing gloves but with the grappling. Right. You and have it, the you combination know. of yeah, both. So, uh But I'm I'm happy to not have it cuz even just the little pain that I get I'm like, man, if I blew. and then my I got big ears. And I'm have when I lose weight, if I lose weight and my head gets smaller your ears get bigger.
3: My,
1: when, I uh, want to
2: show you we don't have to do it on the podcast but I want to show you what it looked like
1: yeah when my uh, when my daughter was born my her mom that was like her biggest fear because again I, when I was thinner they stick out a lot my buddies used to make fun of me like when they were driving behind me in the car we'd pull over so we'd like get to where we're going to be like dude your ears were like with the lights were lit so up <laughs> everybody gave it yeah. to me so she was always worried about my daughter having my big ears. <laughs> so she didn't have big ears, but they did stick out a little bit, you know. So much she would always do her hair and cover her ears. And yeah. then, like we weren't together, so she when I when she dropped her off in a weekend dad kind of situation, I'd always put her hair up. On me. Like <laughs> she, she didn't know she had what her ears look like. Right. She's a beautiful girl. She's uh, sure. You know, I tell you, your ears are beautiful, uh, but it's definitely a daddy's. <laughs> All right, so I got, I have a couple of listener questions. Um, let's, uh, let's do, let's just dive right in. So going back to the waiver, um, we have, this is the Instagram question. The handle is Epic, but like lots of underscores, but it says Epic. Uh, I'm interested in the waiver that was in place that became nullified and how other facilities can avoid that. Now I want to like kind of expand on it. I know that we talked about it and you said, It was so shitty. I still don't understand 100%. Why would they not let people know? Like, that's such an important fact that there is something in place. Like, you're
2: signing off that I know that I could get hurt. Can you talk about that a little bit more? So, the frustrating thing is we don't know why it was inadmissible. Because typically a waiver should be admissible. But I'll give you an example. Uh, A friend of mine is a lawyer in Atlanta. I went to law school with him, Pete. Pete Law, what's up, Pete? Um, he had a case, he does catastrophic injury cases, mm-hmm. and he had a case where uh, it was some sort of motorcycle park or some, okay. I, I don't know exactly what, but the waiver was that uh, you waive any injury resulting from riding this motorcycle or racing motorcycles. Uh, and his, his client was in a side, I'm not a motorcycle guy, but his client like was in a, like side a sidecar okay. and got like really fucked up. And he was able to get that waiver thrown out because they didn't waive for a sidecar injury So that would be an example like the waivers have to cover the conduct or the injury or the activity. And I actually called uh just today. I tried to call the lawyer who represented greener. Okay. Um he didn't call me back, but I wanted to see what was the what was the deal with the waiver because it's an important question, epic. Um I don't know what it you know, it could have it could have had the wrong entity. I mean, waivers could be really, really shitty. You know, let's say it it was for a different academy, but he just used it or uh, it didn't discuss, you know, injuries from rolling. Do you Um, think
1: that changes the outcome at all though? It's important to know that somebody signs off on this. I understand that it might not have been
2: as detailed as it should have been, but do you think in the eyes of the jury as well? Yeah, I think it, I mean, there's a, there's a concept called assumption of the risk, and that means that um, you may assume a risk. And I think if you go to a jiu-jitsu academy and you sign a waiver and it's a good waiver and it's 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 the type of waiver that a, an academy should have, you've assumed that there's some risk. Now, what that means is uh, in the normal course of jujitsu, and I don't mean Henner Gracie, you know, nobody rolls, you know, jiu-jitsu. i mean like jujitsu like your academy or my academy rolling from day one you're rolling um y- y- now i don't think you should roll from day one which I'm is uh, that uh, well, that was we'll my follow up okay. um so put a pin in that for a second but uh you know the, the sort of injuries that we see all the time the knee tweaks the um i think you're assuming the risk and i think most juries will be swayed by that you signed th- this is a risk that's inherent in this activity that you're choosing to do what you can't waive is like gross negligence so um i don't think sinistro engaged in gross negligence but let's say you have a black belt i won't even use sinistro as an example because i don't want to anybody to get confused if you just have some some black belt who th- sort of does something intentional grinds his uh you know he's got somebody in the Katami and he he puts his. Ch- There's an old thing where you put your chin in the guy's eyeball, and um, <laughs> you know a, a, a black belt does that to a white belt. The white belt, you know, cracks his orbital uh, bone. Um, I don't care that he signed a waiver. Like that's not what you're waving. You can't wave okay. that shit. Um, so I think a waiver is very very important. A good customized waiver. Again i I recommend against printing one off uh, the internet that could be a starting point but go to a lawyer and have him the the money that you spend up front getting a waiver um that that matters I think will make a difference and and while I'm on waiver this is nothing to do with the greener lawsuit you know you and I have joked about social media you're mr social media I'm the opposite i'm and I have reasons why I'm not um but <clears throat> Most academies now have video cameras. That's another issue that's Mm -hmm. worth talking about. Like, was it helpful or harmful for the case to have the video of the role? I think academies should have video. And, um, you know, with Instagram and TikTok, I don't know what the things are called, but people are posting (laughs) shit all the time. Your waiver better not just talk about injuries, but like... There's
1: that you're going to be on camera. the
2: use of your commercial image, right? So, like, you let's say you're an academy owner and you start posting some stuff, and you know, some one of your students could sue you and say, You can't capitalize on my image without compensation. Was it
1: like was it NIL? It's called like name yeah. image likeness. Well, is, that, is that something different? It's is similar, like right? Sports? So,
2: name NIL that's the, the big topic of like college athletes. They're now mm. able to capitalize off the use of their name image and likeness. And I think it's a great, uh, evolution in, in college sports because these universities make a ton of money off of these yeah. guys so why can't they, um, they they benefit but but that's sort of the concept is that um, typically you can't use somebody's image and make money off of it without their consent mm-hmm. and so that waiver is an opportunity for them to consent that's why so we see like
1: well, we see like blurred out faces and videos correct but isn't
0: that in a public space as opposed to a private space so for instance they, they're in in the gym which is a private privately owned space so anybody that's in the gym if they get filmed that's the content of the but you should have a the the waiver, the waiver yeah.
2: they could say no i don't consent to you putting my face I, out I went to the if, seminar if they I a went waiver to. if they
0: don't have a waiver then they're automatically like in other words they the, the gym owner can Film them and use the content because it's in a private space. No, no, no. I disagree. I think they need the waiver um, No, I'm saying without the waiver without the waiver. That would be the the condition According to the law from what I understand because it's like what uh, what I do if I go shoot at a racetrack and I want to make a movie out of it I have to actually end up signing the whole thing and paying money correct right but if you get the waiver then you're then you're good so i think right, like right yeah
1: you would list these things inside of the waiver right like these are the things you're consenting to certain things
2: yeah. and you're waiving certain risks inherent in this activity that you're choosing to participate in voluntarily would a what does a sign
1: work let's say it's not in a waiver and a sign that says understand that we have you know 24 hour you know, security footage, like
2: things like that. Better than it. not having it, but I think having yeah. them read it and sign it is yeah. better. Okay,
1: all right, I agree. All right, so let's. Uh, we actually got a question from Miguel, who's not here today, but he did. Uh, he did message uh, 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 this question. He says, uh, "What is the responsibility or legality of a promotion to compensate an athlete if during the competition the other competitor purposely did an illegal move and cause a career-ending injury?" I think that we're kind of maybe saying I mentioned it to you before. This is kind of like the text incident, right? The Orlando uh, Castillo who passed away, uh, with Tex Johnson, right? And when, and he slammed text and was it a WNO? I think so. Was yeah. that, I believe was it a WNO or? I don't yeah, remember. It was it was one of the ones on, on flow grappling. Um, yeah, it was a WNO. I wasn't know sure if it was fight to win. They weren't airing it there anymore. Um, where he slams him down and texas you know he was i think he was suing orlando i think he was suing the organization do you, do you know the yeah. dynamics of that do I, I don't know the,
2: the specifics of who the defendants were you the organization is likely to get sued in that situation yeah um but the 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 all the points that we're talking about for an academy really apply like what does the waiver look like um if 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 there was a sort of a a, almost a criminal act by one of the participants, an intentional, purposeful, disqualifying move that hurt somebody. I think the organization has a very good uh, defense saying um, this was not the normal course of what we were doing. We didn't do anything wrong. Um, <clears throat> you have this uh, intervening cause, which is this person, but, but they're going to get sued. Yeah. And then it goes back to insurance, right? That's why you have insurance. And... Um, you know, I, I really have a problem with insurance companies uh, just across the board not paying um, when, the, when there's a valid claim. And uh, that situation is going to play out. So aside, let's leave that question there for a second. So let's talk about,
1: I'm curious for, as, for your opinion, there's been so much made of steroid use in jujitsu jitsu lately. Let's take out maybe like in, in Miguel's question that somebody did an illegal move and there's one guy on steroids And he hurts a guy that's not in an IBJJF where, where, where they, it was a banned substance, right. And they're testing for it. Could that person get sued privately? And could, could the organization get sued if they're hurt by somebody who's taking steroids and has that unfair advantage?
2: One of the, like in in organizations where there is testing, right. So that makes it illegal. That makes it cheating. I I think it's cheating anyway. Right. Um, but, um, the problem is that they test after the event, correct? Yes. So,
1: Again, at least for IBJJF, they were testing. I think just the
2: top two. They only test first and second place. Yeah, that's a really. It's an interesting question. I'm a yeah. lawyer. I'm, I feel like I'm a black belt lawyer. <laughs> but uh, but, <laughs> but, but you know we don't necessarily know. I wonder. The, in in my yeah.
1: mind, is that akin to like coming in with a weapon? Like, is that is steroids and your your size and your strength that you bring in when it's banned. Let's let's say, call the UFC, right? The UFC that's banned. You cannot take steroids and fight. You get tested. Everybody gets tested. Um, if I come in and then hurt you, I you know beat you to a point where you have brain damage or something like that. Could I or are, are both myself or the offender and the organization responsible? Can it go
2: both ways? I think the offender certainly. I think the organization. Um, and is it and it's a criminal for the, for yeah, the that's person? Yeah, that's right? a good, it it's a the, good question. The, man, did we it's, stop uh, you? Well, yeah, because I, I don't think it's ever been, I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of any such lawsuit, mm-hmm. but if you're taking a banned substance that makes you, let's call it superhuman, right? That mm-hmm. gives you some added advantage. Um, it's not like, uh, who's the biker? Uh, Lance Armstrong, right? Because now you're hurting somebody. Yeah. Like that's what, yeah. um, you know, yeah, I think there's a potential liability there. I don't know that the organization would be held liable. Uh then all of a sudden they're gonna have to start testing beforehand, right? Like you
1: yeah. know. Um I mean there there've been instances in boxing and I don't remember the names, but you know, where like stuffing gets taken out of the out yeah. of the gloves. Or there was a there's a famous one going back to probably the seventies or eighties, right? There were they took some of the, the padding out of the gloves and then the, the opponent got got hurt, hurt and then they were like the coach and the and the fighter were both banned. Um, like in a situation that's like that, I'm like like, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're taking something that's, you know, that's banned, and or there's an unfair advantage, does that lead to, you know, because well, it's knowingly. Be if
0: you're crim- doing it knowingly, yeah. you could call it criminal deception.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's criminal conduct, and if you have yeah. a criminal, you know, charge, I think you certainly yeah. could have a civil lawsuit for for the uh, damage for the injury.
0: Okay.
1: All right. So oh, I forgot to start my uh, my timer again. How long are we back? We're at twelve fifty. Okay. Uh, all right, so that we're going to leave the questions there. We have a segment on the show. Have you listened all the oh. way through? Oh gosh, do
2: I get to <laughs> do, do it? Do we're
3: I get ready to. Do to it?
1: We're ready for the the drill down. There we go. Okay, so <laughs> we have these. Uh, we have about seven or eight questions that we typically ask. We're just going to jump around. These uh, have come from like some of the most commonly asked questions that that people sent for guests. So we kind of just like kind of formed. Fuck, and, I wish I listened into. to this. <laughs> yeah, I would have been prepared. Uh, all right. So you didn't listen to the end. Gotcha. All right. So, so the first question is, do you listen to the podcast at the end of the show? <laughs> okay. So, okay. So we can, we can expand on these, on these. At all. This is a little bit more on the personal side of, uh, of, of it, you know, putting aside the, um, you know, the, the case and things like that. So, um, so number one preference now that you're training both the training at 10th planet gee. Or no
2: gi. I'm still a, a gi guy. Like, yeah. I'll always be. I love it, but yeah. I have a great respect for nogi. Okay. Go ahead. You can expand on it. Did oh, you have more so, to say? So, yeah. No, I, I feel like I'm sort of a traditional kimono guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's... And I didn't... When I first started taking jiu I was like, huh, ah, the gi? Um, but now I love some of the lapel chokes, and I like... Uh, I think it's a slower game. And for me... um. As I'm, I'm older, I, I'm not as flexible. I still have some strength, and so I, I still have good grips, um, and I think the you know I feel in control in a gi. Um, the no gi game, although my academy I think has no gi classes, I never really was a no gi guy. Um, but now, as I said, I'm training a bit with some Tenth Planet guys, and uh, it's been eye opening for me. I think it's some really really cool moves. It's I'm also sort of learning the leg lock game, which was never a big part of my game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, they're amazing leg lockers and knee bar. You know, I, I told you about the guy, I, I learned knee bars and then just other sort of weird, uh, you know, they've got great names, fucking bunch of stoners <laughs> that come up with these awesome names. And <laughs> so,
3: so
1: as someone, uh,
2: this leads me to this question, this is aside
1: from the drill down. So I've, you know, primarily trained in the gay. Uh, we do. Nogi as well in my school. We actually do more nogi now. Uh, we have uh two days a week that we do nogi. We're open seven days a week, so it's like open two open mats on the Jiu-jitsu weekend. Jiu Jitsu for life. Yeah, yeah, man. So uh as someone like I'm we're just like really getting I'm at Brown Belt really just kind of getting the leg game. Does that like I've always been like, Man, I don't know, you know, like I I can't hold my own in that arena just yet, especially on the Nogi side. I mean I you know, I know positions and but I'm definitely not where I yeah. want to be as somebody, as somebody that's on the cusp of a black belt. What would you tell somebody like me? Like, I I, I don't know well, if I, I'm for, worrying first, about it too much. So, so
2: don't have imposter syndrome. I promise you yeah. there are black belts that know as much or less than you about the leg game. It just wasn't a big part of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think it's important. So I think I, I encourage you um, to, to learn, because I think like when I roll now, um, it's such a big part of like the evolution of jiu Jitsu that if I, I feel like if I don't have at least the threat of of getting your you know a heel hook or or um, you know attacking that bottom half of your body, then it gives you such it gives the other guy such a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you need to you know you probably already know this, but learn you know how to defend um, uh, a, a leg entanglement. Yeah um but but no you I, I,
1: that you use the right words like you start to feel the imposter syndrome at
2: this did you did you go through that i, too. When you, I used yeah, to say yeah. i'm a brown belt in jiu but i'm a white belt and leg you know yeah, yeah um but you'll pick it up fairly quickly and you just need to know just enough right so yeah. i'm that's never going to be i think at this point you have a game right you yeah. have your jiu-jitsu i have my game my game is not a leg lock game i might surprise you and 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 you know, if I see it there, I've got some setups from De La Hiva where, you know, I may go for that. But um, uh, I think it's important to learn. But again, like, I love that jiu is evolving. And I think 10th Planet and, and even like the, like I don't know if you know Mikey Musumichi, but like, yeah, yeah. so my, my son used to train with AJ Sousa. And before Dylan, my son used to go to AJ's, Mikey was there and w- w- just really nice guy. But like, that's different jujitsu than what I yeah. grew up with. Um, I think it's great. Like there's a lot of old school jujitsu guys that, that don't want to learn it. They're just, they have a closed mind. Isn't that the opposite of what a martial artist should have? Like right? yeah. Shouldn't we be open to learning new things and to evolving and to, it doesn't mean it's going to become the way I do jujitsu. I'm not going to try and barambolo yeah. you, yeah. but I'm going to, I, I want to know it. I want to be able to yeah. at least play with it a bit or, or defend against it. Okay, cool. So take down a pull guard preference oh uh so so i think because of some of my injuries um i i don't have a great takedown game anymore so i'm i'm a guard puller um i i like to slap hands and start from uh from the ground you know yeah i don't want to be thrown like you know we talk about these injuries and like was that back take that that sinistro used dangerous you know i got dumped on my head in a uh I think they call it katagaruma, which in Japanese is a shoulder wheel. It's a fireman's carry. Okay. Um, it, it, in a, in a rough roll um, where you're starting standing and you get tossed in a in a fireman's carry, like that's 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 rough. Yeah. And some of these judo throws, they're rough. And so, um, uh, I did it for years and years and years, but I'm sort of beyond trying to get slammed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I trained with two judo boot belts. Uh, excuse me, brown belts. Uh, who one is a brown belt in jiu Jitsu on the cusp of black, and one is a purple belt uh, in jiu Jitsu. and I'm super conscious of it with them. like I'll maybe purposely stay on my feet a little bit longer but stay away, yeah, maybe, like keep them at a distance but i'm I'm a guard puller. it's again, it goes back to um, I'm not there to to train for the next ADCC. So, right. you know that would See. be wonderful if I could live my life again and start earlier. I want to let's do some jujitsu. I'm yeah. not so worried about the throws and right. or, or again hurting myself. So, so it's on my mind. It doesn't stop me from from rolling hard, you know. But I'm smart enough. You to know, know that I, I, don't, I think you know, I think we're sort of similar in that. I don't want to. There, there, what what benefit do I have of of rolling super hard to get hurt? Right. I know, I've done it before. I've I've done it and been hurt. Again, starting over forty, and we know how hard it is. To recover from injury, especially, you know, once you break 40. From everything, dude. Yeah, if, yeah.
2: Remember when you were a kid, you could play tackle football Bounce out in the backyard. Back. Yeah. Fine, like, now everything. It's yeah. just the recovery. I, muscle gun twice a day.
1: Yeah. CBDs. Yeah. Roll-ons. You're yeah, making coffee. You know? I, should, you know? <laughs> Spraying my arm I, making coffee the other day. I,
0: <laughs> it is,
1: if I want to train, like, the I, I was sick f- a couple weeks ago and went back and I trained for seven days in a row. I usually don't do that. It's usually one-on, one-off. If I, The only time I do two back-to-back are usually Saturday and Sunday because they're open mats. They're in the morning, and I have a whole day to recover over the weekend. And I, w- roll, I went for seven days. And that, I had to, in order to do that, I had to use the right every day. I had the muscle gun two to three times a day. Cold showers after training. Short of an ice bath. Yeah. That's what I can do. Cold showers. Uh Tylenol because I can't really take anything else. You got to be careful great. about Tylenol. Yeah. But in these seven days, I yeah. had to. Um, ibuprofen kills my stomach. Uh, so all of those things, eating good, had lost a little bit of weight during that time too. So just eating right. Like I had to do everything for me to still get there. And now this week, it's been back to like every other day yeah. because it's just, too, it's, too, well, I actually did Sunday, Monday, and then off Tuesday, did Wednesday, off today. But I'll train Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll train that's the impressive. next three days. That's days. That's more training than that. But I do. yeah, I I I have I feel a certain responsibility to be there more now because of where I'm at. I I uh, it for me, it's no responsibility to anybody else. for me. Because I of I, I want if at. if and when I get that black belt, I want to know that I earned it. I want to know that I worked hard it for sure it. Sure sounds like you did. And it I'm closer. But you know, there have been times that it's been two or three days a week for for a long for long periods of time, in almost always because of injury. Something hurts. I had a pull-up pull up a groin muscle, yeah. right? That's a bitch because that that one's like hard. You go, and you just keep on re-injuring it when and I, get it
2: worse. It never when heals. I had my hip, um, it, it hurt for a long time before I finally got it replaced. But I originally I thought I had a a groin pull or a groin muscle. Yeah, it just wouldn't get better. It wouldn't get better. So that was my first sign that mm. somehow. I mean, I'm not. I, I hope mm. your groin pull is. But I finally went and got a an MRI and or an X-ray. I don't even remember, but they're like shit. It it may not be a groin. It. Yeah. I'm not sure why it hurt in the groin, but yeah, that was the first I get, indication. I had the a bone bit, on bone like
1: down here, and I I have been talking about this <laughs> on the show a lot. I have got bad shoulders, so. I try to stretch it out as long as I can but I've been getting cortisone shots. And the cortisone be careful shots. About that too. Yeah, I know, sorry, I know. I I've I need to get through I need to get through the next belt before I start doing surgeries. If I stop now, the amount of time that I'd have to take off that, that was my would, life. Would kill me. Yeah. Would kill me. I would uh, I'm like let me at least get to this next goal. Uh don't want to rush it, you know, it'll happen when it happens, but I in my mind I am not unless I have to I'm not stepping off the mat. And are you still lifting? Uh, not at, uh, since I, because I got sick I, only a couple weeks ago, so I stopped, so it's been like three weeks. Um, I've stopped, but I do lift, and I do think that it's
2: important for recovery. What I think it helps with recovery. What about using strength?
1: In my rolls? What's your view of that, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I definitely see when I roll, just it's an edge, just like my weight is an edge. I've been as, as like two forty-seven. I think was the the heaviest I've ever been. I'm at two thirty right now. I'd like to get down to low two twenties. I think that's like shit. I moved to Florida. I was two ten twenty-five mm-hmm. years ago. Like two twenty would be nice. Two ten I'd look like a beanpole <laughs> compared to the the way I look now. Um, I think it's. I think it's an important part. I, I'm not a believer in the. You know, strength is one of my attributes. My weight is one of my attributes. I'm not fast. I'm not flexible. I shouldn't say I. I for my age, I think I'm pretty but, fast, but I'm not flexible. Right, but your strength so, is is what I think it, it's it's part of my
2: game. It's definitely part of my game. So so all this it's it's interesting because all all these years I've been doing it, I've been told you know try not to rely on strength, and you don't want to rely on strength, but don't use your strength. You have know, technique better than strength. And just recently, I was rolling with a guy, a tenth planet guy, this guy Bendy I mentioned, and. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm I'm using a strength. And he looked at me. And he said, why wouldn't you? Like, if you're tall, you're not going to not use your length. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, if yeah, you're strong, right. use your strength. That's yeah. pro- just squat and, down, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I thought yeah, that was yeah. a, a pretty good way of looking at I wanna, it. Like,
1: I, I love north-south. Mm-hmm. um, And just, you know, nice, heavy on the side control. I feel like I can I can just... I can get it from a neon belly and, and get a north south like a north nice north south choke. I'm sure a lot of people could do it, but like I'm just so well, comfortable especially from especially like your, holding yeah. somebody in that position. I like to say like now I, I've been hearing people say cook them. I'm like cook them, cook them. Yeah. I think Eddie Bravo says cook them. Yeah. Uh, cook them a little bit, make them expend some energy, and then you know a bigger guy, bigger guy lower belt is going to be able to right. to you know really impose your your game. So I I. Get for me. It would almost be like well, don't use your weight, right? Don't like don't we say like you know give him the shoulder, you know like like really put put your weight on him. Well, I I do that right. So why wouldn't I use my strength? Right. And I, I I feel the difference in my jujitsu, uh, especially like I think it offsets. It's one of the things that offsets like a younger, maybe skill, more skillful person. I think that my my weight and my strength will offset that. What are they? I forget the the quote unquote equation, but like for every belt rank, like you take five years, like, like if I'm fighting a kid that's 25 and he's a white belt, but I'm a brown belt at almost 50, like we're kind of even because of mm. our age, right? right? Like so things, Certain things make us even out. And I, I believe that. I think that that's true. So for me, the, the older I get, the younger these guys, right. you know, seem. I mean, I'm in a school that's. We've constantly got 16 year old kids coming out from the from the kids program. They, you know, they're graduating yeah. into the adults program, and these kids are they're tough. Yeah, these kids have been training longer than me in a lot of cases, training from five, six years old, and now they're 16. Like, they're yeah. you know they've been training just as long as me, and and these kids are freaking tough. We've got a kid in our school. Um, everybody used to call him Little Alex because we had two alexes we had an adult alex and we had a little alex and little alex is is 19 now and little alex isn't the little alex anymore right. little alex is freaking he's, he's diesel he's yeah. training he trains a lot he's super flexible super technical he's been training since uh, you know single digits and he's really good he's and mouth. i i when i when i uh <laughs> when i you know when i used to fight you know uh, uh roll with him you know was I remember when he first came into the, I couldn't even roll with him because I was too big for him. I was too heavy. And like coach would be like, coach usually says, grab somebody who makes sense. Right. So it's not like, you know, the black belt, the 200 pound or 250 training with the white belt at at 150 pounds or whatever. So, uh, so I remember those days. And now when I roll with him, I go time to take my medicine. Let's do this. And he's fucking tough, man. Mm -hmm. He's good. And he's good. Uh, It's It's great to see though, you know, Yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm, I'll use it all day long. I'll use my, my strength all day long. And, I, for me, the weightlifting has become a little bit more about recovery. I feel like I recover a little bit better. The stronger I am, right? The less my back hurt, like the less things hurt. At, at least that's how I feel. So let's get to the next question. So
2: music during rolling. Are you a fan? So I, I am. Okay. I am. Um, And it's funny because I, I've gotten fucking stuck in like, I've got the same playlist. Like it's, it's, it's 80s like rock. Like, don't worry, that's you know? okay. I'm so, stuck with 90s R and yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I
1: was gonna. The next question is, uh, what's your
2: preference? So, but it I still like, like the kids like like the hip hop, which I I resist. But like Eminem or like Jay Z has like a song with uh, uh with I don't remember who, but it's like Numb Encore. Like so, there's these old.
1: Oh, you're talking about Lincoln Park? They did that. Park, Park. Park, right. Yeah, like, I, I, that's still on my. It's, it's on my playlist. playlist. I listen to it on yeah. the way down. I like. I it's mixed yeah. in with my music. Yeah. So I was saying, yeah. I, I me, I can actually listen. I I like listening to anything. Um, my, it will. Certain music will make me joke around a little bit. Like sometimes all of a sudden a love a, long- a love song pops into whatever they're supply in. in your yeah role. just like some, <laughs> something comes in and then like I'll jokingly yeah. sing to my partner or something That's I like to funny. have fun when I'm
2: rolling I like to laugh I'm a right. talk I'm a talk right I'm and, a, and surprise surprise I talk during a roll at Tenth Planet in Pompano he, Matt um, he played it it's really been much different but it's kind of cool he had, I forget. I wish I remembered the name but he has like a, a genre of music where it's like it almost like a roll it kind of builds it starts yeah. slow and it sort of builds um and it's shit that I've never listened to before but I enjoy it. Literally anything. Literally
1: yeah. I'm even into country music now so I don't, I don't I don't think, I don't, I've never trained at a place that puts country music on but I will uh, in my car it'll go from Papa Roach to Kane Brown to you know some uh a freaking love song from the eighties, you know, some R&B. So I, yeah. I listened to it all. And so you're doing line you know, jitsu now. What's that? Line jitsu. Line, line jitsu. jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So do you, are you a consumer? I know you don't watch, you, you, you're not online. You said a lot, but are you like a fight fan? Do
2: you watch UFCs? Oh, do you sure. watch boxing? Yeah, yeah, do you yeah.
1: watch BJJ events?
2: So I have a subscription to Flow Grappling. I don't watch as often. I'll go on YouTube and find like a fight, like a a match that I'm interested in. Um, I used to go to uh, UFC like back in the day all the time. Like um, Forrest Griffin is a friend. Uh, I met for you know there's a guy named Rory. It's a whole long story, but Rory Singer fought in the UFC. He was in the Ultimate Fighter. Guy from Athens, Georgia. He he and his brother Adam. Great jujitsu, great fighters, great people. Great. Adam's a sick coach. I mean, worries too, yeah. but they were Forrest Griffin's original coach. And it's a whole long story, but Lambert used to put on um, something called the AFC. This is probably, do you remember the AFC? I, I, it may have been before I, you no, started. No, I don't
1: remember. I know it because we had Jessica Aguilar on. Yeah, yeah. Who was like the first female fighter. Yeah, I know, Jessica. So she was, when we were doing the podcast at my house, she came and did a podcast
2: with um, us. And she mentioned it. She mentioned the, the, the first days. So, um, like, Pahumpa was her jiu-jitsu okay. coach. But uh, that used to be sick. There was a lot of fights. And, and um, at the time, it, you know, these great uh, American top team fighters, and there was a, a sort of a competing school where, you know, Charles, Charles McCarthy is a friend of mine, Chainsaw Charles. He fought in the yeah. UFC. Masvidal, they were part of a different team. Yeah. I mean, they ended up going to ATT. Um, it was called FFA, which I think was like Freestyle Fighting Academy. And there were these, uh, it was just great, great, great fights. Um, and Rory was supposed to fight Marcel. And at the time, I, there was like the underground forum was like the online. Yeah, yeah Where there was yeah, like yeah. shit talking. And I started shit talking this guy, Rory Singer, because <laughs> he was going to fight my coach. And dude, I think the guy wanted to fight me. Um, and... So, I wasn't going to be a pussy. I wasn't an MMA fighter, but like he's like, Yeah, well, we'll see when I'm there if you're going to come and say this shit. And somehow we ended up talking and we, I mean, jujitsu and MMA, it's just a weird thing where it's a community and we just became friends. He was Forrest Griffin's coach. I ended up going to Rory's wedding and, that, you know, I, yeah. I, I text with Forrest. Like, so um, I, used to, I, I went to Belfast. They both fought in Belfast. I went with them. Um, I used to go all the time. I go less and less now to live events, but I still watch them. I'm still interested, um, and so I love I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, I i wish I would have gone to the UFC down here. Uh, I was in, I, ironically, in Vegas. I was in Vegas, and Henry had like seven fighters fight that night. Yeah, you um, been there? I would have been there. And I mean, Gilbert fought. You know, uh, Gilbert's a great guy. Yeah, man. Um, but I was in Vegas for a work event. So I I'm that's really where this
1: for me boxing watching boxing as a kid with my pops and then getting into the UFC that's where this all came watching came with your pops. So I,
2: my dad passed away a, a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, and I still he was just a great dad and I remember watching boxing with him. Yeah. Um, and I remember this is not what you were talking about with the guy who took the padding out, but do you remember Ray Boom Boom Mancini? Yeah. And yeah. he fought he killed, the, he killed the yeah yeah right. And like that was just a again a freak accident, yeah. and, and I think it fucked him up. I don't think he fought after that. Uh, I don't. Boom, re- boom. I don't remember if he fought again. Um, but, but I remember watching that. If he did, it was it was for a very
1: short amount of time. After in my that. house in New Jersey with my dad, and he became a commentator. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I I actually I remember that as well. I was I was very young. We were kids. You were I, younger than me. It was, uh, I in the beginning when I watched with my dad, it was because we only had one television and when boxing was on my dad had control of the tv so i'd watch and then you know starting to to know it and learn it where it really kicked in for me when mike tyson came around i was in high school yeah. Mike tyson's fighting i'm probably 16 17 and he's you know becomes the youngest champ at 19 right a
3: killer, that that's man. when yeah.
1: that's when i started i i loved boxing so much by that point i did a speech i was like in an in a like an english class where you had the right speeches or or at least whatever. I I just wrote a paper on, on uh on Mike Tyson. And our birthday's on the same day, June yeah. thirtieth. So I was like, I had that tie, it was my favorite oh, he's Mom God's my birthday, it's meant to be, right? So uh so that, that that's what really when I fell in love with, with boxing, but then I carried over into watching uh the UFC. Funny enough, my dad'd be like, ah, I don't wanna watch that shit. I'd be like, hey, We're you know, we're having a UFC party, but nah now he watches it all. He watches way more than me, a retired guy older. Yeah you know but he watch my dad used to watch like friday night fights on ESPN he he watches dana white contender Series. he's telling me about stuff and he's like you do a podcast you don't you're not watching this stuff i'm like dad man i can't watch, like i can't watch yeah. everything there's just so much content i focus more on the jujitsu stuff and and ufc but he's watching dana white contender series he's watching the reality show he's watching the reality show i think in spanish and you know and uh, all the other ones so now he's come around and now he's a fan so i can watch it with him and now he's knowledgeable so it's fun um ultimate goal in jiu-jitsu. What do you want your legacy to be in, in in the world of jiu-jitsu specifically?
2: Oh, just um uh that's a good question. Um I think uh from a from a uh competitive standpoint, you know, I'm not a competitor uh but but I want to be a tough role for people, a safe yeah. but tough role. Um and you know <laughs> That gets harder and harder as I get older and older. Um, but uh, I think I've gotten past the point of, you know, it being about, you know, they say it shouldn't be about winning and losing, especially mm-hmm. in the academy. If you, you don't lose, you learn, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think that's true. And so I don't give a shit about getting, ta- like, tapping. Um, I used to, like, not want to tap. But I used to want to get the tap. And I think my ego, I've gotten to the point where I don't I don't necessarily care about that. But, but I certainly don't want... um to, to, to be a, you know, like a, whatever, a tomato can, whatever they call it. Like, I'm a tough Tom, role. A tomato can? Is that what they... Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to be a tough around. role for people, but I also want to be somebody that was helpful, helpful to the yeah. community. I've helped uh, instructors in various ways, um, you know, uh, supportive, helping students. I taught the kids' class for a while. Yeah. That was my way of trying to get my kids yeah. in, 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 <laughs> yeah. interested, you know? Did they, did um, they, did they did, you mentioned before, like, your boys... Yeah, like they a, did. It. You so said I, a little when, bit when of When they were young kids um uh they did it and uh and it was it was a lot of fun Was it for mandatory me. like you guys no you i was learn never this. like that i okay. was never like that um it was like hey let's have some fun and teaching a kids class is um is tough like yeah. depending on how young they are but it's it's somewhere between babysitting and trying to teach some discipline and yeah. i think it's great for kids um but I, I always was somebody like shit, man. I'm you know, I'll help clean the mats. Like I, I, I just want to be somebody who was a good contributor to the academy, and, and um, that's cool. all.
1: All right. So this is our last question. I think I know the answer to it. I have, a, I think, like if I recall, like there was, oh, I think it was in the article that that you sent. Uh, the the <laughs> uh, the legal was it legal dragon Lord, Lord, Lord dragon, right? dragon Lord yeah. dragon. Yeah do you or do you not wash your belt
2: interesting so, the logic, <laughs> so it's funny I actually heard you I I had until recently I had never washed my belt I was always under the presumption that you're not supposed to wash your belt I'm a clean freak I'm a neat freak like I don't want hingworm. um ringworm but like Marcel <laughs> well that's really cool. so Marcel I love you buddy this is again, my original instructor. Hingworm. He he come train me. I mean, I'd get to class, I'd say, What's that shit all over you? He goes, Yeah, Hingworm, it's normal. Yeah. Um but that was a long time ago, and things yeah. have changed. But like now, like I've got mats at home, I clean them religiously. Um neutrals on. Neutrals, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but I think it makes sense now. Like shit, if your gi gets I mean, sometimes my gi is I hate rolling I won't roll with people with gross geese that they haven't washed like you have you done that where you're rolling with someone and you fucking smell it um, and I I used to be like I just felt like it was rude to say something so I would just kind of just go with it but but yeah. not anymore man like
1: uh, but I, so, I still probably go with it because I feel bad yeah Um, screw that man nah, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> like, I've given away I've bro, given away like some dump. old geese here and there when I'm like a guy like even there comes a point where even when you wash it it still smells it may not look dirty, but you know, like it kind of. But like I feel it gets bad. that like, stink really quick. Even like some rash guards or some like workout yeah. gear, like you, I wash it, and then as soon as I start sweating it with in and it, you smell it bad. There's right? something about it. This is yeah. like it activates the freaking germ. So I know that didn't happen. So I've actually given away. If I have an old gi and I'm not wearing it anymore, I always You'll find somebody it. to give it yeah. away. So I've done. I've done that more true, than because once. Because I you think know? in
2: fairness, like there's people that can't afford. Yeah. I mean, I mean gis have become expensive. I, um, <laughs> but but to answer your question. Like if my if my belt gets kind of funky, I'll wash it. Yeah. I think it's, how about you?
1: I don't, yeah, I wash. I wash it. Um I actually I have two brown belts, the one that my coach gave me and then one that I got from Flown Roll on a sponsor. Yeah. So i I mostly wore the up until now I mostly wore the flow and roll. Uh it got super faded and I had the other one in my bag and I'm just like, Yeah, it looks nicer. And I just started wearing the one that my coach gave me. So, um, I, I'm gonna be honest. I wash it a lot less than I used to, um, because of like everybody. Like everybody talks about the fading thing, but I do. This is not a, like a, a you know, I'm not just shouting not out because they're a sponsor. I actually spray it with Neutral Zone. Now, I, we got this. We we got these bags early in the day. That was called um, a stinky bag. It's basically a bag that was. Uh, probably a little bit more meant for, around COVID, they really, it became big uh, for people to put their scrub, doctors and nurses to put their scrubs in and mm-hmm. then go wash them. So, it was, they had different sized bags, but the bag that I have fits my gi, fits my entire gi and my belt. What size gi are you uh, A3. A3. So, I put the whole thing in this bag, right? And I can carry it home. Now, I do take the gi out. With the stinky bag, it's got a zipper on the top and a zipper on the bottom. So I put it in through the zipper on the top, and when you unzip it on the bottom, the bag comes out, and it's a mesh bag. So you just wash the whole bag and everything. You can wash it with everything in it. The gi needs to open up, so I do take the gi out. But I'll put my my hand wraps in there. From when I do, I still you know hit the bag once in a while. So if I've got my wraps, I've got a bag in my garage, or I go with my wife to a kickboxing gym. So I got my wraps. I'll put my belt. I'll leave my belt in there, and I'll I'll wash that all together. Um, I wash it, my belt specifically, a little bit less, but I always lay it out. I always lay it out. I spray it. I've sprayed it with Lysol. I spray it with the neutral zone when it's handy. Uh, but I almost always put everything from the gym. I put. I don't put, I have a backpack. I have a flown roll backpack. It's like the old Army style, The those, what do yeah. they call those, duffels, yeah. the duffel bag. I go to my gym with everything clean. And when I leave, I don't put any of my dirty stuff in that bag. I put it in the stinky bag. And then I actually hook the stinky bag to my backpack. So I've got like my backpack yeah. with this other bag, like hitting my ass down. <laughs> right in my legs. And that, that's how that I go sense. bring myself home. So, um, maybe something, I know people have thought I've like, oh, you're being overly cautious and I'll use the wipes and I'll spray myself down it, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get sick. So I got to work. I want to train the next day. And with COVID, after
2: COVID, it was just like I'm definitely more conscious. Have you ever seen conscious. the uh, foot bath before you step on the mats?
1: I've I've seen that in a video at a school, but I've never They've seen the, it like the, live. The tenth
2: planet in Pompano. He's yeah. got and every. Guy, so everybody like, walks through you, it like you, 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 you. There's like one tub where you put your feet in, and yeah. and then you step into the next tub where it like towels it off. And okay, he wants to do that before you step on the mats.
1: Okay. I mean, I think that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. I'm also
2: yeah. like a big fan of like, I wear. F
1: heat grows. I walk across the. If I got out of the bathroom, I walk across and I get my slippers. I go over to the. When I I walk around the mat, whatever. I put my slippers down and I walk into the bathroom with my slippers. That's a bit. That's a little bit of a pet peeve. I don't know about That's oh, a pet for peeve sure. for me. You know what? Is, Especially like the men's, the men's yeah. bathroom. Yeah, you, you can't know, go in there. Barefoot. I could see like when like okay, the ladies might go into the to the ladies' bathroom because okay, they're not standing up, in I don't think for the <laughs> but most part. they're work. walking it. Yeah. You still walk it. It's still a place where you do. There's meant for certain things, yeah. and you can get that on the mat. As a, I won't. <laughs> <There's
3: dookie
2: laughs> I won't.
1: Everywhere. I won't roll in fr- like our mats end and there's a space, and then you can go to the bathrooms here. I won't because I know that some people will walk in barefoot right from the back Yeah, I won't roll in right. front of the doors right. I usually find a place away that makes sense you know but uh gym is clean like I, I've been in gyms my gym is super clean we got like a very a large gym for for like the typical it's not an American top team but it's pretty large it's like the equivalent of I think like four storefronts is the size of our gym so it's pretty big for, for most gyms and um super clean everything's always nice projector screens he had a popcorn machine he's got coffee like he's had you know, all the amenities for the parents there's a there's a uh massage chair nice. so you know parents can you know yeah. you're, you're out you're hurt you sit in the massage chair so uh but like, little things like that are my pet peeves yeah. nails yeah yeah no no slippers in the in the bathroom stinky geese and stinky belts i even the other day uh just as a joke because i did roll with somebody who's like ghee is like starting to look like it's white, but it's starting to look like this, like dirty, right. like blackish, like it's like charcoal. And uh, when I was done rolling with him, we got up and we were lining up, and I was like, "Wash your ghee in your belt, guys." Yeah. <laughs> and I just like walked away. I wanted to hear it. I no, I don't think he's so new, and it, like I don't want to like hurt somebody's feelings. Like right. sometimes people get a little butt hurt, and they don't want to come back. Oh yeah, you're an asshole to me. Like it's like should be the responsibility of the coach, but I'm not scared to say something. Somebody wants, I know them a little bit better. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's the occasional gee guy that doesn't know. Like we act, we <laughs> we had a guy, uh, I won't say his name, but we called him stinky and his name, stinky something behind his back. <laughs> he would like leave change get out of his gear and his pants, tie it with his belt and put it in the trunk of his car. And we would see him come back and Get it out of the, the car, and like you'd come in and you'd be like, You could so it, smell it, baked in the trunk, yeah. You yeah. smell it right, it then it gets that moldy smell. And we used to just be like, His jujitsu was awesome, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Well, jiu jujitsu was awesome his, because his, nobody was, close. Yeah. But, but, but his geese stomped, they were passing so, out. That's yeah, why, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, that, I, mean, I, if
2: you're Mr. Stinky with your yeah. 200, whatever you are, and your north south position, that would be that would suck. I'm, I, sh- I'm just kidding, I should, yeah, yeah, that would be.
1: I shower a, a lot of days, like I'm working all day, I'll shower before I go to the gym. Yeah, I'll, I'll shower before I go to the gym. Uh, on the weekends, Maybe maybe not so much during the week, but like maybe I've had a long day and, you know, whatever. I'll shower before the gym. I'll absolutely shower on a weekend before I go to the gym. The only thing is, it's so weird, I discovered this. When I go to Nogi on Saturday and I take a shower, me and this kid both... We were rolling together and we were doing these leg entries. We were doing like a, like pull, like almost like a, uh, uh, uh pulling a guard, but then like doing a leg entry right. and we were like rubbing up against our legs. We were like, we, I said, you know what? I just took a shower and I know like, you know, you, all your oils and right. your sweat are gone. So he's like, Oh, I just took a shower. So like our dry, non sweaty legs were like rubbing. Against uh. It was just like sandpaper against each other. Yeah. And I was like, Oh. I got a reason to not shower if I <laughs> the jiu-jitsu. That's
0: yeah. a, that's oh, a no. boil in the making. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Box. Neutral Zone is Combat Family owned, so they know you need to keep yourself and your equipment clean. They created Neutral Zone Clean wipes and sprays for just that purpose. Neutral Zone products are formulated to reduce the risk of bacterial and fungal infections. Whatever's making you sweat, weight training, rolling on the mats, yard work, or just working around the house, Neutral Zone Clean wipes and sprays can make you feel and smell refreshed. Use code JJD to get 15% off your online order at NeutralZoneClean.com. While you're there, sign up for their newsletter to receive the latest info and updates on product launches like their new shower gel and soap bar coming soon. Are you neutral zone clean? Special thank you to the crew over at Flow & Roll for all their support. Flow & Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow & Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a jujitsu dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD.
1: Listen, I always give a guess, if you, anybody you want to say hello to, any shout-outs, um,
3: <laughs> I, I
1: I thought you were excited. No, no, to well, no, it's your time. I, you um, know, people
2: want to shout-out sponsors, friends,
1: coaches. This is oh, your I, time. Have,
2: I have no sponsors, but, um, <laughs> man, I, I mentioned most of the coaches, but Rodrigo, Mendez, uh, RMBJJ in Delray Beach, he's moving to a new location, uh, 10th Planet Pompano, Matt Walsh on Atlantic, great guys, and then all, all my past, man, from Pompina to Dustin to – Marcus Aurelio, Chris Martins, shit. I don't want to miss anybody. Um, Ernesto Mendez in Aspen. I spent some time out in Aspen. He's a great okay. coach. Uh, I've learned a lot from him. And uh, and of course, Henry Hooft, the stand up, uh, Marcel Ferrer, I can't forget him. And um, my wife, Leslie, who has supported me doing jujitsu. She's been with me forever. You got to um, tell me the secret to uh, that she, one. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't love it. But yeah, yeah my you know, first wife, happily married
1: lover. Yeah. Did she Uh, really, like my wife, I I said before, like she just realized like I'm better with the jujitsu than I am without it. Yeah. I think She she realizes that it wasn't just about her finding something. She realized like, yeah, he's calmer. Like I tell her like, if you're going to fight with me, you have an argument. Like get me after jujitsu class. Not when I'm going, not like I'm going there to get rid of the stress of the day. I'm going to come back stress-free it, talk to me so then true? you know like talk to me or like if you're mad about something i'm going to be the i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna a be the easiest person to talk yourself. to a better version like, of myself I'm, everything is gone from the day i'm not thinking about the the account that's got a problem or the website that
2: wasn't built in time like i'm not thinking and, about and all and the then, bs and then like you're le- you leave the academy and you're in your car and like some dude cuts you off and gives you the finger like who cares not, right, right? like, it like just, I just it's just kill me. it's this cathartic Feeling And then if I'm doing shout outs, I got to shout out my kids, Jared and Dylan, two most important people in my life. There you go. All
1: right, man. Thanks, man. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much for doing this. I it's appreciate great. you coming in. Um, check us out at Jiu Jitsu Dummies on Instagram for all the ways to watch, listen, and support. Uh, my Instagram is at Uncle BJJ. You don't have an I Instagram. Have no Instagram. You have You
0: don't want to give your social media if you yep. had it, right? Yep. Okay. Bo? At B-A-D-W-E-R-K-S.
1: All right, man. And Miguel, we missed you. Hopefully we'll see you soon. And thank you for watching and listening, everybody. Peace, love, jiu-jitsu. Peace. Peace.